All right, we're back. What's up, guys? Welcome to Fresh Fit Podcast. We're here with Jeremy Haynes, the <laughs> digital marketing god. Yes. Let's get into it, baby. Let's go. What's up, guys? We're back. Welcome to Fresh Fit Podcast, man. Sorry, guys, about the sound. We just had to restart the mixer, but we're good now, man. We are back. It's uh, Monday. Yes, it's Money Monday, guys. We're here with Jeremy Haynes. we got a fire show planned for you guys. But yep. real quick before we get into the show, guys, patreon.com slash fresh fit. Check us out over there, guys. We got a $5, $10, tier for you guys that, you know, if money's tight or whatever it is, it's fine. You can still get access to the content. We teach you guys how to get girls, get your money on point, crypto investing, real estate investing. Real estate. Credit everything, scores. man. Credit scores. Increase your credit scores. Get girls. We help you out with everything. Fitness, girls, and finances. All three, right? So check us out over there on Patreon.com. And you also get the exclusive behind-the-scenes stuff when we kick out annoying girls. So check us out <laughs> over there. Also, uh, we're on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Every single platform you guys listen to podcasts, we are there. Just make sure you wear your goddamn headphones because they will cancel and or fire you for you listening to us. I'm telling y'all, man. And then also get the merch. Store.com, guys. We got t-shirts, hoodies. All the stuff is there. The I feel like shirts. We're going to have some new designs coming soon, a.k.a. they hate while we create. You know what I'm saying? So that's going to come soon, new concept. And then also, guys, we got another YouTube channel, Fresh and Fit Clips. If you don't have time to watch the full two- to three-hour podcast, go ahead and check us out on Clips where we get the best and brightest moments of the show to include the Frank Castles, the funny points that we may have, me wearing a ridiculous hats from different countries. Whatever it is, check us out over there, Fresh Fit Clips. Go subscribe to that channel as well, guys. And then also, Fresh, you want to tell me your vlog channel? It's for behind the scenes, man. Entertainment, fun vlogs. Check it out. Vlog channel, 50K. We passed it. 100K is the next goal. And I made a new channel, Fresh Prince Seal Vlogs, to go way more behind the scenes. So check it out. Cool. And then also, guys, we're streaming to Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and, of course, YouTube. And we're on Twitch on twitch.tv slash podcast. And then also for video ideas, guys, go ahead and DM our uh, YouTube strategist slash audio engineer, Trey, who just walked in, uh, at Trey Talk Sports. Okay? If you guys want to see reactions to certain videos on the night after sh- the after-hour show and we have the ladies. But without further ado, man, we are here with Jeremy fucking Haynes, man. Yes. So there's no one that I could think that's better to bring uh, than Jeremy for this uh, for this episode. And I want to tell you all real quick. Some of you guys might not know who he is, but I just want to let you guys know he's been instrumental in us increasing our revenue. Uh, we've done coaching sessions with him. Uh, incredible mentor, guys. But I'm going to let him introduce himself yeah. to you guys and tell you guys a little bit about what he does. Jeremy, can you tell the people about you? Yeah, so uh, Jeremy Haynes, uh, at Jeremy on Instagram. So last seven years ongoing, I've been what's called an agency owner, which is essentially helping to make people money online. Uh, in addition to that, I've got four e-com stores, three of which I've acquired, one of which I've built from the ground up. Uh, I've had an education company now since 2017, and I've got 3,700-plus paid students. Um, without exaggerating, I've helped tens of thousands of people for free inside of like free programs that I've offered. All that stuff's like how to make money online, internet marketing, like things like that. 
um, it's just been a good time. I'm just, you know, I'm 27 right now. I sit here talking to you guys. I got in the game when I was uh, 19. That I was, I got recruited, worked for a guy named Grant Cardone. You guys just had on your podcast. <laughs> Shout Grant Cardone, man. Yeah, man. Was, Uncle G. He's, he's, he was my first mentor <laughs> that I've ever had. And without exaggerating all, you know, he's instrumental for my growth and like just helping me understand like how to think about life and, you know, just honestly incredible as a mentor. Definitely go learn from him. Um, but anyway, after I left Grant's office, I was th there for 13 months, made him a substantial amount of revenue, definitely with the help of him and the team, of course, but mm. I just wanted to make more money. Cap my income at 10 K a month, 120 K a year, which, which as you fellas know, is not a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I went out and I started my agency, man. And, uh, I've just been, I've just been doing it since it's been, it's been a fun time. Um, and the cool part is maybe honestly, it's made me a, a pretty good amount of money. Like give or take the month we do anywhere from like three to 500 K a month. And that's enabled me like long-term to really position myself to not have to work at an early age and to be able to have like the option to continue earning active income or not, mm -hmm. uh, make substantial investments both in myself and obviously inside of most of what you mentioned, your, your Patreon offers. Um, man, it's just been, you know, fun time making money. And I'll say this because um, <laughs> what you guys don't know is that Jeremy's behind the scenes behind a lot of popular influencers yep. and successful ones that you <laughs> definitely know. He's he's behind the scenes. Can you tell him about some of the people that you've worked with that you've been have yeah, able yeah. to help scale their businesses up? You know, I, I've got I've got uh, quite seven, a resume. Yeah. So we've, we've taken eight different businesses, specifically info product creators to more than seven figures a month, which means that they're doing more than a million a month. And it ranges, you know, the, a million a month is what I mean by seven figures a month. Some of them have done upwards of like Dan Locks an example is one of my bigger case studies. I got them up to 2.5 million a month. And then I just couldn't, I couldn't scale past that ceiling. It was really hard because I just started doing what's called mass market strategies. But um, yeah, anyway, like as an example, when I met Dan, he was doing 300 K a month in March of 2018. He was doing that through what's called JV deals, which is, which is where you go with somebody who has a platform, promote your offer through them and then give a kickback to them. He got to 300 K a month that way without ads. Um, when I met him, I was like, dude, you should be advertising this thing, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. And I pumped it hard. Like it took, it took eight months for him to hit two mil a month, which was like the fastest and the most revenue at the time that I'd made for somebody back then. And that was, you know, that was in 2018. Um, so anyway, more of the story could never break three mil a month though. Never, never <laughs> that, was, that was hard. That sounds uh, like a good problem. Yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it, was, it was a hard problem to deal with. Cause, cause to be clear, like we ran out of customers in a sense, like he was teaching high ticket closing, which mm -hmm. to be clear, we were selling to salespeople at the time. Yes. And what we had to do is I had to turn like regular people into high ticket closers in order to continue growing the revenue past that $2 million a month mark, right. which most marketers never have to deal with. It's called mass marketing. Most advertisers, they deal with a pool of people who are already considered a buyer and they just run ads to them, direct yep. response ads. You know, hey, I got this offer for you. That person has the problem they buy. When you're at scale, you have to do what's called mass marketing, which is where you have to once again turn regular people into a buyer for your market, which, which is a very rare thing to have to do. But yeah, anyway, uh, eight people, seven figures a month, 44 people, mid-range, six figures, uh, you know, plenty of failures along the way as well. But yeah, mainly, mainly high ticket info product people and then uh, high ticket e-com stores. Mm. Yeah, this is very important because a lot of creators, they have content and they don't know how to, how to monetize it. Mm -hmm. Dreamy's guy behind the scenes helping you strategize to market also run ads and think about this. He's one of our secret weapons. Yes. I didn't want to give y'all, but <laughs> yes. he's here now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Any powerful creator has either Jeremy or somebody behind, behind them helping them make content. So yeah. definitely very uh, you, good. You'd be surprised. Like there are certain people that I've helped make a substantial amount of revenue for. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, I won't be able to ever openly talk about it from either NDAs or from those people being rather insecure about what I've like done for them and how influential I've been for their businesses. Mm -hmm. I've had people who, you know, I can name drop here that everybody would know that, you know, don't like at all when I go out and publicly communicate what I've done for their businesses because it undermines them to a degree. You ever read the 48 Laws of Power? Yeah. yeah. I'm a big book reader. Dude. I'm yeah, a yeah. Of books. Of course. So anyway, first law, 
never outshine the master. So certain people like they might teach something about marketing or advertising. They don't teach it nearly as technical as what I would, but regardless, um, you know, if I go out and I flex what I did for those people, it low key makes them look bad. So yeah, there's certain stories while leave names. And marketing yeah. is so important, man, <laughs> for your brand. But Jeremy's work with some big names. I put some in the description for you guys, you know, Brandon Carter, Ty Lopez, Dan yeah, Lock, etc. Brandon has been one of my Shout out to our man Brandon. He, ha he has a great SoundCloud clip. It was uh, excuses are for bitches. Yes. It's <laughs> one of my favorite ones. <laughs> Believe it or not, back, back when I very first moved to Miami, I was, mm. I was very early 19 and I lived in the hood over here. I'd actually, I didn't have enough money to come down and visit the city. The hood? Dude, like I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating all I say. Uh, Overtown, you know Overtown? Oh yeah, we know Overtown. Stay away from Overtown. Shut Overtown. I looked at a map downtown, right? And yeah. I, I thought I was moving to downtown. It's like this little, like two-story. No, it was a three-story building. If y'all want to pull the address, you can think. You, you can look it up if you think I'm bullshit. It's five three five Northwest Seventh Street. <laughs> Damn. Was, All right, you was, know that's back because it says NW in the name. Oh, yeah, North, <laughs> Northwest. This, this is bad. So, so like it was literally a block over from the project, like. I mean, this this was like the type of neighborhood where, like, you know, you got like thirty dudes chilling outside of a corner store. Yeah, like facts. You know, looking aggressive. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, a big, white, a big white dude in the hood. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it was hilarious, dude. There was this guy right above the uh, unit that I moved into. His name was Thatch, and like, no exaggeration. I don't think I would have survived there if it wasn't for Thatch, man. He fucking comes downstairs, right? And he go he he looks at me and my roommate at the time, and he goes. Y'all boys really fucked up, huh? Yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah. And, and we go, yeah, man, like we didn't mean to do this. He walks us around the hood, like literally like strolls us around. And he's like telling us, he's like, he's like, oh yeah, man, whatever you guys need, he's like, I can help you out. He's like, he's like introducing us to all these different people who are essentially just different connects for like all these different things. And like, dude, I remember this one time we, we like walked into the project with him and he goes, um, like a pack of maybe 20 dudes standing there, definitely dealing drugs or some crazy shit. And <laughs> as soon as we walked up, like all the dudes were just like, Thatcher, are you sure? You know, mm -hmm. and, and he's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about these boys, man. They just moved here from Denver. And, uh, they're, they're totally cool. They made an accident. They thought they were moving out. He explained the whole thing to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was a bad time. It was a bad time. It wasn't fun. <laughs> can you, uh, can you tell, us, tell us a little bit about like where you grew up and how you got yourself into that situation? Yeah, yeah. so uh, unfortunately, I grew up in Ohio. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, very boring place to be. Yeah. A lot cold. You know, no, no offense, because there's some good people in Ohio, but a lot of them are just very negative and they don't right. believe in like big things up there because there's mm -hmm. not a lot of big things to be inspired by and like, mm -hmm. you know, look at and know about. So anyway, moral of the story, uh, little city in the suburbs of Akron, and I factory worker for a father uh, who now works at Sam's Club, to be clear. Uh, mother was a babysitter. Um, she's on disability now. She has multiple sclerosis, kind of degenerative disease. And, you know, she was a babysitter growing up, though, so I was surrounded by these kids. You know, I, I did my thing at school. As soon as I was 18, I got out. I worked for uh, DirecTV in this, like, little – like, I was selling DirecTV inside, like, Walmart and – uh, like Best Buy and like all these random stores, you know, and I, I was pretty good so at it. So you're doing sales young. Oh, yeah. No, I was fresh out of high school. Like literally yeah. as soon as I graduated, I was direct TV salesman inside of these places, right? Yeah. And to be clear, you know, actually I was doing good at it. It's like I was making maybe like two grand a month, mm -hmm. 24K a year, right? Ball. And long story short, uh, they come to me one day and they're like, hey, dude, you're doing pretty good with this. Like we got 13 cities that you can move to. We're rolling out Costco, you know, like which one do you want to go to? They didn't pay for me to move or anything. They just gave me the opportunity to like go sell in one of these other states. And one of the one of the cities was Denver. I'd grown up with family an hour south in Colorado Springs, so I was like, "Oh yeah, Denver all day." Drove my I had a 2004 Dodge Stratus at the time that I got gifted by my family. Drove it out to Denver, and um, man, just smoked a ton of weed out there. It became, <laughs> it, it became recreational. Like literally the week that I moved out there, I, I was going to move on Monday. Yeah. By Friday, they announced it was recreationally available. Wow! So I went out there, I got real ripped. Um, it was about it was almost a year and a half, and I was really bad at selling it out there, like selling Directv out there. So I transitioned into selling phones. Okay. And this is a key, it's a key point here. It enabled me to transition through that place in Costco selling phones down here to Miami eventually. My oh. roommate at the time, he was like, 
everybody in Denver was too slow. If you talk this fast out there, like people would literally stop you and be like, dude, gotta slow down. I know I <laughs> Yo, I would die over there, bro. <laughs> I was killing, Way man. too fast. I never would slow down, you know. So anyway, yeah. long story short, we then drive uh all the way down, all the way down here to Miami, 33 hours straight, you know, pop some riddlings along the way, got it, got our way down here. And we showed up, like I said, to the hood. Uh, because we didn't have money to like see where we were moving to, and we thought it was downtown. Like a map wise, it's pretty close to yeah, where we're at right it is. now. Like you're talking like a few blocks away, yeah, but a substantially different life. Yes. like what you boys are living here versus what's happening over yeah. here. Yeah, so over we, the we, we show up on there. And what year was this when you came? This was this was probably like 2014. I've been, oh I've yeah, this here, is way uh, before the, the. This is before Winwood was a thing and the gentrification. Oh no, dude, Winwood was bad. Yeah, it was bad. It was a bad place, man. Yeah, yeah, gentrification is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's coming now, but 2014, oh, no, yeah, that was, whole was, area was, was bad, still terrible. Was a bad, bad place. So, so I'll never forget that. We showed up and we immediately like this guy who this guy who the landlord right. He tried to hustle us. He tried. He like it was 9.50 a month for the rent, right? Yeah, and it was rent times two. The first month and a security deposit. As soon yeah. as we show up, he tries to say that we owed him a third month for the last month. What we don't have that kind of money. We yeah. broke his shit. And, man, we had to fight it off. Thankfully, we had it in writing, but it was only two months. Like, they were all real pissed. But yeah. anyway, we show up and, like, oh, man, dude, we walk into this place. You got, like, a little roach scurrying across the floor. You have, like, <laughs> the, the smallest little fridge you can imagine. Like, no appliances. I didn't have I didn't have money, you know? So, like, we showed up. The last, like, 100-something dollars we had left between the two of us. We go and we uh, go to a local Walmart. Like we buy like canned food and stuff like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And yeah, we bought we bought a we bought a donated bed. It was like you know ten dollars I think <laughs> on the floor. My buddy got an air mattress. I I like set my clothes on the floor. Didn't have like you know just just anything like no shelves, no, no like whatever you'd put clothes in, right? And uh, I'm I I had to sell my car for money. So that Dodge Stratus I had like gone. I buy a Toyota Camry now, 1996 Toyota Camry. Jeez. Same thing, no money. Uh, this thing was broken, man. Like didn't have power steering, didn't have air conditioning, nothing like that. I'm wearing the same outfit every day, a little black polo and some khaki <laughs> pants to go sell phones in the North Beach Costco over here. Oh man. And uh long story short, I eventually sell it. I, I eventually sell a phone to a guy one day, a Jewish guy named Peter. Yeah. And uh, you know, I wouldn't be here today without Peter for sure. He just he just liked me. Um, he was asking me a bunch of questions. And I was just knowledgeable about what he wanted to know about. He said, he said, Jeremy, you should come to my office and um We'll do an interview, you know. He okay. didn't even tell me what it was for. Uh, I show up and he hires me as his head of marketing, it was my official title. Oh. This guy throws everything at me. He he has me like generating leads for webinars, building pages, doing SEO, like doing marketing automation and infusion. And this is like foreign territory in 2014. This oh, is man. still no, no, there was, there was nothing like there were no mentors. Like yeah. it's not how people like understand it today if you're yeah. new to the game. Like there was truly no online education about this kind of stuff right like i was calling infusionsoft every day trying to learn how to use a marketing automation crm like you know just just rudimentary yeah. stuff mm -hmm. and working with sales teams like trying to help them understand where the leads are coming from and stuff like that uh this guy comes to me three months after i like get all this experience and he goes you know i'm, sh I'm shutting the business down oh, i'm shit. taking all this money i'm gonna go do this next thing like, okay I'm, I'm so he made it profitable and got the hell yeah, out you know he, he was out i don't know if he sold it like he, he never disclosed to me why right. but you know long story short he came to me one day he's honest and he was like look i'm just you know i'm gonna shut it down i'm gonna take all this money i'm gonna go do this other thing now and yeah i was i was like okay well so, so anyway this is on a monday he came to me and said that i go home that night i go on fiverr.com most people don't know this you can go and like professionally polish a resume not lie to be clear but you can get somebody to like professionally articulate what you did in a position yep. to make it sound way better than what your unskilled self can likely articulate. And right. Resume. Gotcha. So I did a lot of things for that guy and they did a great job. This lady did a great job. It was like 10 bucks. You know, I put it on indeed.com that following day on Tuesday. Right. Mm -hmm. I get a call on Wednesday from this recruiter and they were like, Hey, we got this guy's name's Grant Cardone. Hey, um, you know, do you want to, do you want to like 
interview this position. Mm-hmm. I go and interview later that week. Uh, it was sixty thousand dollars, which was like forty thousand more than what I was making with Peter or selling phones. Nice. You know, so that was fantastic. And I never heard of this guy before. I didn't even know like the personal development industry. Existed. What year is this now? Is this still 2014? This, 2015? this probably would have been still probably 2014, maybe 2015 okay. at the time. I worked for Grant for 13 months altogether and I've been running my agency. Was he doing years. the whatever it takes show during that? He was, dude. He you was. know, I, I was there. I saw that the other day. Yeah, Man, were, I, I, I can sell the water. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that clip. You posted it, right? That's, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I saw, bro. That's I can sell the water, bro. That was an aggressive show, you know. I yeah. was, he, he, he was trying to get on TV at the time. Yeah. And, you know, to be clear, he's on TV now. With, yeah. I can't remember the name of the show, but it's on Discovery. Billion uh, uh, undercover billionaire that might be it yep. yeah and yeah dude grant's a monster man he he's, is bro. He's an absolute monster when i when i started working there yeah it was an extreme culture shock like i'm you know i'm 19 years old man like i turned 20 within the first month of being there and i'll never forget it like everybody there was just just all about the money you know it's funny <laughs> the guy that won the contest in my season who was it? he quit after a month I'm not surprised. He I mean, quit. Like look, he, he won. People, that's not a good. Worked for Grant. Quit after a month. He was like, it was too intense. I was like, God damn. Look, not everybody's built for it. You know, it's yeah. it's a it's an environment where you are pushed, not not to your limits in a negative way, but like you are going to grow substantially, right. or you're going to be pushed out because you're not willing to grow. Sink and or swim, baby. Yep. Very healthy environment. Once again, like right. not to make it sound negative at all. It's a really great place to work. And, you know, as a young person, I was like all about it. I was like, yeah, dude, yeah. let's fucking go, you know? So I'm, I, I'm dealing with Grant, like, you know, maybe every other day coming in and working with us. I'm dealing with the sales team every day. Like tr- I was initially hired to write all their emails and then to work mm. with the sales team. And we'll team talk about copywriting them. and email marketing later on, guys. Don't worry. Oh, yep. yeah, oh yeah. So, so I'm, I'm there to train their sales team on how to use that complex marketing automation CRM. And I'm also there to Can you tell people emails. what CRM is? A customer relation manager. Long story short, whenever you enter your info in on like an opt-in somewhere, all that information gets put into a database. And, and guys, database, an opt-in is when they ask for your information, like yeah, your email, email or whatever. Email, phone number. Yeah, That's CR, what opt-in CRM is. is just a fancy name for a database where all your contacts are kept. And you can email people from it and like salespeople can use it to look up contact records and, you know, con- contact people out of it and all that fun stuff. So perfect. Yeah, anyway, moral of the story, I'm there doing that. And, you know, I just noticed they're not doing anything for digital marketing, like not a thing. They have, mm. you know, dozens of salespeople that are sitting there calling people every day, outbound sales. Oh, they're cold calling. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every, every single day. Hundreds, <laughs> hundreds and hundreds. Of like, dude, they would celebrate Damn. when they get a cease yeah. and desist from a business from how many times they'd contact. Yeah. It was a long list and they just go down that list every single day. Uh, yeah. And they were responsible for generating their own. Yeah. Like this, oh, I'm telling you, this is an incredible business to emulate for anybody. So more cold calling, they, man, that's tough. Yeah, no, yeah. They're, they're doing an incredible thing. Were they doing door to door too? I don't think, you know, as a matter of fact, I think they had some outbound salespeople that were like outside of the office that were doing that kind of stuff. Um, but long story short, like I just, I was, I was in there, like it was way too much to deal with to even look outside of the business. To know were they scouting going. for like investors or what were they? No, I mean, I wouldn't have been aware of all that at the time. It's like, you know, I'm a 19 year old dude. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if you remember how you were when you were 19, but like, just picture shit. yourself like working for Grant at 19, right? It's, it's just a lot to deal with. You yeah. dealing with Grant as a person at that time, you know? So yeah. like, but I will say it will improve, <laughs> improve how you think about business and how you move forward because like it's high intensity, oh, yeah. but it makes you a better person. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. So like I go from like a totally regular person, you know, like just willing to grow and like being uncomfortable to just a monster. Like monster I get, program. I get just jam packed with everything that grant does like i'm <laughs> I'm responsible for taking everything that would come out of his mouth and like type it into an email right okay. and then i'm proposing all these different advertising ideas because i just noticed they're not doing it and i had those skills and they, you know they start allowing me to do it so remember i got recruited right which means i was a temp technically for three months after that three months i was now a digital marketing specialist was my title in their business and that's when we started going hard you know like that's when we started advertising aggressively like the whatever it takes show is happening but we were, we were doing paid webinars at the time we were we were selling like 997 products multiple thousand dollar products he had like 150 different SKUs on his e-com store at the time and mm. it was just it was incredible you know i got i got 
essentially all those skills I had learned with Peter, I had validated now working with Grant. And right. through doing that and learning all of this incredible stuff about it, like my business acumen at age 20 and 21 by the time I left was extremely high. And it enabled me once again to go out extremely money driven and well aware of what to do to start my agency. And it was, you know, that was, that was where life really picked up for me. It was a lot of just craziness in that, like the first year of my agency, I did 550K. What, what year did you, nice. did you incorporate, did you start? This was, you know, my business incorporated in 2015. Okay. And I had one client before I had left grants office that like enabled me to kind of safely exit, you know, yeah. which I'd encourage for anybody who's considering starting an agency, like have that one client yeah. that pays you. Like, <laughs> I, I, you. I took a pay cut, right? So I was, I was making 10K grants. This one client paid me 4K a month in order to like successfully leave. So I took that pay cut knowing that I'd likely increase my income substantially by doing so and freeing up that time. Right. I'll never forget dude, the day after I quit, I woke up and it just hit me, man. It was, it was like a blank slate. I was like, what a life change. You know, I feel like I could do anything in my life at this point and I'm really excited about it. And, and from that point forward, you know, almost every day I've woken up, it's just been this ongoing story sense of like, what do I want to do today to build the next thing? Mm. And you know, I, I was a monster in that first 45 days. Like I mentor agency owners now and I talk to a lot of them and they don't do the same thing I did. Like what was natural for me at that time was what I had learned at grants. I left that office every single day for like 45 days in a row. I didn't have any personal life. I didn't do any. I broke up with a girlfriend I had at the time because she was a distraction for got me. To. Hey. Dude, got to. I'm not, I'm not joking. <laughs> all I did for 45 days in a row was just pitch the hell out of businesses. Like all day, all night. I had a salesperson who's still with me today. His name's Leo. He was pitching the shit out of businesses. He was cold calling we're the taking, businesses. Oh yeah, dude. We're we're doing we're sending these long, valuable emails. Like that. This is back when retargeting, you know, people didn't even have pixels on their website to retarget people, you know? So we're educating people about that kind of stuff, talking to them about some ad strategies that we had. What, the one that I taught you guys, the Venus flytrap. Yeah. yeah. I had actually, I had had that back in the day. So we're teaching people about that back then. And you know, we're just, we're just long, valuable emails. You know, what I do nowadays, is what I call the video pitch. And, and we just do all that via video instead of a long email. But yeah, we got long story short, $50,000, what we ended up with in 45 days from like, not exaggerating at all, seven days a week, eyes open to eyes closed pitching people and taking sales calls all day long. Wow. Whenever we got a deal. You and your buddy. All day. Just y'all yeah, too. All day. Wow. All day. And, you know, it paid off really well, but like most people aren't, aren't in a position necessarily to like sacrifice. I understand that looking back on it, like, you know, I was a single dude. I had all the time in the world to be able to just sit there and pitch people all day as like a young 21 year old, you know? Um, not, not everybody can do that. Can we take the position they're in? But yeah, I went, I went hard. But like, see that aggressive ob hard. obsession <laughs> that you learn from Grant, you play, oh, yeah. play it through your life. And oh, yeah. people say, oh, Grant's a bad person, but no, he's obsessed with, with success. So yeah, you I mean, took most, that most people just aren't yeah. serious about what they want. Like yeah. I really understood how important money was mm -hmm. for, and I still do for, you know, enabling a level of freedom choice. And it's, it's not necessarily about in any way, shape or form, like flexing on people or, you know, going out there and just doing it for others. It's like, in your own life, you can substantially impact yourselves, those close to you, those in your family, people you don't even know through having a substantial amount of money. And I knew I was like 10 K a month. That's not enough. That's why I quit. And I started up that business 550 K first year. It's not a lot of money at all. When you're hearing it, it's like even, even the levels we're at now, just not a lot of money. You know, it's not enough to do the things that you need to do to really impact yourself and like have speed built into what you're able to physically build into the world. You know, it's yeah. um, question for you, Jeremy. Lessons. That first year when you earned uh, $550,000 for the year, how much did you work? A lot. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think like, yeah, no, it's, it's a lot. and I really want to emphasize this because I always tell guys, you, you really got to burn the oil when you're young, man. Like you got to burn that midnight oil. You got to go hard as hell. Like guys that earn that kind of money, 
they just don't fuck fuck around and fuck off and you know do a bunch of bullshit or waste time like they take action and make things happen right away and if that means at the cost of their personal life or whatever which we're kind of doing that now yeah you know me and fresh aren't really like you know partying or going out as many dates as we used to yeah. but it needs to be done to hit your goal and for that first year you killed it but you probably also killed your social life in the process as well, well there's a few things that are very important to consider when it comes to money and like the speed at which you make it right yeah so like how do you right now sitting here 31 29 so do you want to work after the age of 40 or 45 from having to or would you rather have the choice to be able to choice. okay you know i've got enough passive income now from investments i've made throughout the last several decades mm -hmm. the compounding effect is starting to impact me positively i now get the choice whether i want to continue working for active income or not a lot of people when they're young they don't have any comprehension of you know hey while you're young and don't have a lot of anchors associated to holding you back or like mm -hmm. forcing you to do things other than make money spending all of that time to make as much as you possibly can yep. while still having like a healthy life. Like you, you know, you were working out right before this. It's like, yep. you're not at the same time of sacrificing your personal life, ignoring your health, which is important to point out. But regardless, you, you just go so hard when you're young to make as much as you possibly can invest in along the way. That way, once again, when you're older, yeah, you, you ever, you ever walked into Walmart and seen one of those people, I don't ever go grocery shopping anymore to be clear. You know, you get that shit delivered. Don't do a menial task Facts, in your life. Yeah. But regardless, it's like, have you ever seen one of those old people working as like a grocery person? That shit sucks. Yeah. So like that is I exactly feel sorry what for I'm them. talking about. Yeah. Does that person willingly do that or are they forced to do that? You know, I get delivered for three times a day. It's like, I'm never leaving the house. Those people who come over, I, the old guy delivered my food the other day, man. I, I just feel so bad. And those are, those are just lessons about, dude, that person didn't go hard when they were young. They didn't realize what we're trying to communicate to you here sitting right now. You have to go unbelievably hard when you're young. Be smart with that money, not a dumbass. That way, at, at the older ages, you don't add another day by taking a day off when you're young to your older self because you're yeah. not going to have the same drive when you're older. Absolutely. You're not have the same willingness. If you can't go get your hormones professionally balanced, you know, you're going to have low T, you're going to be low energy, you know, you're going to be physically deteriorating at that point. It's like, it's an awful time to have to work instead of doing it while you're young and like really in the zone, you know? That's some fire. No, absolutely. Right and, and that's so true, man. I mean, literally, I was thinking about this the other day when I was in the gym. You need to work hard now, temporarily, grind now, oh, yeah. right, while others are asleep, so that when, you know, you can sleep while others are working hard forever. That's yeah. the difference. You know listen, what I'm saying? Listen, I call this I call this tunnels and prairies, okay? So I was when I was in the zone like back then, I knew I was in a tunnel. Like, I was very self-aware about the fact that I was willingly shutting out everything just blinders on in the tunnel in the zone day in and day out for the intention of being able to come out the other side one day in a completely different place like it's like time travel to a degree when you take a substantial amount of action in a short duration of time and yep. i mean truly substantial like sacrificing sacrificing crazy doing, yeah what happens is is what takes most people like literally 40 years to build up as a lifestyle they get to live you get to experience <coughs> it at a substantially younger age yeah. than them. And you get to choose at different points in your life when you come out into that, what I call the prairie, right? When you just kind of like are chilling, you're in like a field, you know, you get to look around and enjoy it. Those types of, those times in life, they feel comfortable to a degree, but you can recognize it, especially if you went through a long tunnel, yeah. how different life is on the other yeah. side. You know, Makes you mean? appreciate it a lot more too. Oh man. yeah, no, it's, it's like, I just, uh, throughout the pandemic, you know, we chose to go out of Miami for a year and we lived in this beach house about four hours up the coast, surrounded by boomers and just regular people, you know, that would come mm. in and dude, really put it in perspective. Same exact logic. Like these people, I'm living in literally the nicest house in their entire community. Yep. And all these other people, like there's, there's just like 60, 70 year old people living yep. in like two bedroom houses that are probably a couple hundred grand. 
and they're having to like walk past our house in their morning walks, seeing like two young people come out and they're like, what the hell? Like, what the hell's going on? These people like, everybody always assumes some illegal, of course, but in reality, it's like, no, man, I just sacrificed like 21, 22, came out and enjoyed life a little bit right back in the hole, you know? And I'll, dude, I'll stay in the tunnel for however long it takes to get to the point in life where I really want to be, which which is a substantial amount of income. <laughs> yeah, no, we, and we talked with Neil about this. You know, a lot of Americans are content with the 40-40-40 plan, which is basically 40 years working, 40 years of, your, uh, you know, retirement, 40% of your earned income, and then, you know, and then 40K per year for 40 hours per week. And it's like, no, like, that's not what you want. It's better to just, like, go super hard while you have the ability and capability to do it. And then enjoy the fruits of your labor later on in life. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's kind of what me and Fresh are building towards right now. Bro, I was scared, so. man, because I worked my job, right? I saw people that were 40 years old, 50 years old. I'm like, how long have you been here? Oh, 20 years, 30 years. I'm like, what? Taking phone, <laughs> phone calls to AT&T? Yeah. That scared the shit out of me, bro. I was like, mm-hmm. yo, I'm here to get in and get out. Because honestly speaking, like, you get comfortable. You get into a place of, you know what? I wake up, go to work with the kids and then that's all comfort is the enemy of growth man but is that what you would really yeah, want to do probably not so yeah, yeah you're right i'll read hard. these super chats real quick and then yeah. we're going to get into some of the the different platforms and everything we're going to give you guys a lot of value a lot of marketing sauce, tips, guys jeremy is one of the best <laughs> I, i'm just gonna say he's pretty much the best in the world guys when it comes to like <laughs> advertising and leveraging social media to make money okay yeah he's not wants... just posting stupid pictures to get likes it's about making money <laughs> he won't say it but we're we gonna say it for him he's yeah we're gonna best. say it for him yeah uh black wolf Inc. 10 bucks <laughs> gotta show some love for my boys fnf stand for life the haters and stay over there over there uh respect to donovan sharp for being a loyal friend 500k next week friday bay bay the clout is over nine thousand. let's go yeah man we, we guys, guys well they yep. hate we create bro we're gonna keep giving guys, y'all value we don't need to talk about other people we're here to stay man so there we go dan waldrop 15 bucks jeremy's an absolute beast as my mentor truly thankful for him absolutely yeah, dan's a monster too man yerson five bucks come back faster than i expected came to ocala to spend time with my girl but it didn't go well she saw my phone and let's just say it wasn't good all <laughs> right bro, it is what it is that's how it goes <laughs> chris french i'm doing 50k a month of passive and 20k an hour doing passive uh and and yeah an hour doing passive. okay wanting to break into the rental space but i'm having a hard time pulling the trigger on the 1.3 mil down payment on a 128 unit any advice on pulling the trigger on it mm. hey bro get other people to go into the deal with you my friend so you don't have to put as much of your money into the deal it's a lot down years and five dollars uh, I'm just going to say I'm not uh, effing leaving FF for life, Myron. I will be grinding hard soon. I don't want, uh, I don't show up. <laughs> you already know. Shout out to Chris and Wolf Inc. Yeah, we got you, bro. There you go. Why wait till tomorrow? Though? Do it fucking now. Raz, five bucks uh, all the way from Great Britain. I got my FB ads manager permanently banned without reason, in my opinion. Can this be fixed? If so, how? Also, opening a new one will get yeah, it automatically. Yeah, that happens banned. all the time. There's, there's a good. Uh... It's called the friends and family insurance policy created by my buddy, Tim Bird. And essentially what you do, Raz, is you go out, you get a friend or family member who you know for a fact is never going to advertise on Facebook. Mm-hmm. They you instruct them on how to create a business manager. Go to business.facebook.com, create the business manager, have them add you as an admin. And Raz, as long as your personal advertising access hasn't been revoked, you'll be able to get added to that business manager. You can then remove that friend or family member from there. And then you now got a new business manager, my friend. Appealing it is a long process. There you go. It rarely ever works. Man. Right. There's some <laughs> sauce for y'all right there, man. Like the fucking video, by the way, guys. Uh, Black Wolf Inc. Uh, it's amazing how people can hate y'all when you talk about finance females and fitness every week. I think they're only doing it because of clips. It is what it is, bro. Who cares? <laughs> Party game. Dr. Thunder, 10 bucks. Uh, Canadian. Just looking at Jeremy Haynes and listening to how he speaks, I can tell this man is firing on all cylinders. This man is just on. Inspiring. I love it. We got y'all, bro. Here you bro. go, man. Dr. Thunder gets it. Because I told you guys before, <laughs> we're not digital marketing experts, but what are we going to do? We're going to bring you guys crypto experts. We're going to yep. give you guys digital marketing experts. We're going to bring you guys our personal coaches <laughs> that we learn from and we consult with so y'all can get the sauce directly from them versus us just like, you know, we'll give you guys some, but who's better than the person that teaches us to teach you? So 
Uh, 20 plus Nobunaga, I plan on running a big music campaign for my record label. In your opinion, how effective is running YouTube slash Google ads? Also, is there possibly something better? Ooh. Oh, yeah. So what you want to do, most people, they're, they're you know, just unaware of this strategy. You can go on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and you can do what's called a pay for views or pay for engagement campaign, which is extremely cost effective. So as an example, when I go spend, let's say, $100 on an engagement campaign per day, for the cost of a penny, and sometimes it's the cost of a tenth of a penny or even a hundredth of a penny, which is like 0.001 or 0.0001. I get somebody to the point where they see that video and they become retargetable so I can show them other content in the future, kind of like building an email list. So moral of the story, he can take that content. He can go in Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, pay to distribute the content. And I'm not talking through that little boost post button either. I'm talking like go into the ads manager, target the type of people you want to have see it. It's extremely cost effective. Like that $100 is an example. If you just do the math, what's $100 for a penny per person, right? Is that 1,000 people or is that mm -hmm. 10,000 people if it gets to a tenth of a penny? Yeah. So every $100 you spend, you're getting 1,000 to 10,000 people that are viewing that and once again retargetable that you can show stuff to in the future. Most people just, once again, they don't consider paying for the distribution. A lot of people just rely on the organic reach, which for me is a failing game because it's it's outside mm. of your control. I like control and I like the influence of paying to distribute the reach to the exact type of person that I want to have see it. And on top of that, once again, I get the benefit of being able to retarget them later on. So and also, do that. The time <laughs> now you guys see why he's our secret weapon. The speed, <laughs> the speed because the speed, if you do it yourself, yeah, it's faster than waiting for it to grow organically. Yeah, hundred percent. Like an organic yep. is totally out of control. Like, what do you guys do when a video plateaus? Like, let's say it just hits a hundred thousand views and then it just stops, yep. right? Are you just gonna are you just gonna let that video die from that point forward? Mm. Are you gonna like with me? It's like I'll take this exact video. I was telling you guys this before we started the show. I'll take this exact video, mm. publish it on Facebook, Instagram, publish it on TikTok in clips. I'll pay to distribute every single piece of that content. I'll likely no no offense, get more views than what you guys are gonna get on this organic reach if you don't pay to distribute it. At right. which point, all those people also become retargetable who are now aware of me that I can show other content to, that I can show direct response ads to, and it's extremely cost effective to do so. But most people, once again, they just don't do that. They just do straight direct response ads, or once again, they just rely on the organic reach that, you know, like the, the people in the music industry do. Mm. Yeah. All right. Fire. Um, uh, anything else? And then we're going to get into, <laughs> and we're going to talk about uh, the different platforms here in a second, guys. Cre uh, King Chris, five bucks. Cat, thank you so much. Uh, RIP, uh, <laughs> RIP Mike. I've invested everything in Amazon FBA. Can you help me with any info insight, helpful insight that can help me? Uh, maybe we'll cover that a little bit later. Um, so Jeremy, let's. So we we discussed the, the different platforms before the show that we're going to break down. Nice. So, Facebook is your bread and butter. That is no no one. Well, it's, it's what we spend the most money on. Yeah, I mean, we spend yeah. money on all the platforms, but you know it's what we spend the most money. Um, there's <laughs> no one that knows Facebook better than you when it comes to you know running ads on there and you know control basically controlling the Facebook market. Can you tell the people a little bit about um, the strength and strengths and weaknesses of Facebook, how people should yeah. approach it, etc. Break it down for them. Yeah, so you know, first of all, just to address the weaknesses of Facebook. I mean, they're they're like a trigger happy third world country in a war zone when it comes to banning <laughs> their advertisers. I mean, they pull you out in the street, you're, you know, you're done for the slightest thing. So, long story short, like. A lot of people probably even sitting here in the chatter who are advertisers, you've, you've had an ad account ban, you've had a business manager ban, you've had like personal advertising access revoked for things you might not even be aware of yeah. um, or, or even for the slightest infraction. So moral of the story, you have to be extremely compliant as an advertiser on Facebook. Most people don't take the time to educate themselves about like what compliance really means, how it works, uh, you know, what you need to do to be compliant. There is an entire free course from Facebook called the Facebook Blueprint. Um, they have an entire compliance section on there. Definitely take that. Be aware of those things. Get in the communities of other advertisers as well because there's always like new little things that get you shut down. Mm -hmm. They haven't been as bad recently, but I mean, 
you know, that's that's the rep that they got for sure, no doubt. Mm. In terms of targeting, so they have 52,000 data points for the average user. While you and I sit here and talk, we all have our cell phones, right? We yeah. have logged into Facebook and Instagram on your devices. Yeah. It's like most people don't know this. Our devices right now being around each other for an extended period of time, whatever you're interested in and whatever you're interested in and whatever I'm interested in, Facebook predicts what we might bring up in conversation that we're actively interested in or actively focused on. They're then going to serve you ads that I've been interested in because they assume that we're potentially going to have that in a conversation together, vice versa for you two, vice versa for you and I. Mm. In addition to that, most people are very unaware of this, but this is a fact. Okay. You can look it up. Yeah. You have a webcam cover on your cell phone by chance. No, I no. don't. Okay. So you should, because to be rather direct, every time you sit there and you're scrolling through your feed, Facebook is sitting there or Instagram. They're interpreting your emotional reaction to every post that comes across your news feed. In addition to how much time you spend on that post, in addition to the reactions that you'll give that post, the comments, the shares, things like that. But most people don't know their literal emotional reaction. Like if you sit there and watch a funny video and then you laugh, that is pegged as a data point for you. You're going to see other things in your feed that are similar to what you showed an emotional reaction to in your face that's viewed through your front camera. Mm. Um, pretty crazy stuff. But like long story short, those 52,000 data points are updated in real time and they make them available for advertisers to target with. Uh, I remember, you know, they took this away, but you could target people. The banks were sharing data in real time to Facebook. So I could target people by their active income, their net worth, their liquid assets. And I was I was selling franchises for $1.2 million uh, back in 2017 when all that was available to target. Nowadays, it's 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 a little lump sum into, uh, you know, top income zip codes, you know, so it's different than what it was. But regardless, you still have a substantial amount of data on that platform. It is it is yeah. just as aggressive as like the general public is becoming aware of in terms of like what's available for advertisers to target about you. Mm. And it's all available in real time. So like everything you ever say in a direct message, whether it's on that like app or just in your iMessage or, you know, over your text message for all the Android users out there, anything you say on a phone call, all that in real time is transcoded. and then okay, hey, this person's been talking about this. Like, let's show them ads associated with that. Um, there's there's even a really crazy video. I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories, but Facebook has an entire building called Section 8. Now, I've been to Facebook's headquarters in Menlo Park plenty of times. They don't acknowledge that this building even exists, but like there's YouTube videos where you can see them talking about this kind of stuff. They have the craziest technology. They're like, quote, unquote, I'm not, not going to say they can read thoughts to be clear, but they are so accurate in their prediction model about if you're associating yourself with like whatever, they can easily, with a very high probability, predict what you're going to be interested in next. And to a degree, they control and like influence you on what you're potentially going to be aware of next that has a high probability of you buying something or like, you know, transacting with it or, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. The future is here. No, so, so, cause a lot of people think that like Facebook is like dead is it, would you say, Oh no, dude, like I spend like on a month to month basis, just on Facebook, like we spend anywhere from as low as like half a million a month. Some months we spend like 1.2, 1.3 million a month just on Facebook and Instagram alone. Like I had a guy just on running Saturday. ads on, on yeah, yeah. So I'll, yeah. I'll give you a very specific example. So just on Saturday, right? Saturday at 5 PM in the afternoon between black Friday and cyber Monday, which, which if you're not an advertiser, you might not know this 70% of the entire year's ad spend is dropped in the three months of October, November, and December. And a majority of that 40% is just in these last two weeks between black Friday and cyber Monday. So there's a lot of inflation that, that we as advertisers deal with during these two weeks. But I, I launched a guy on Friday. He's an info product guy. Yeah. He, he has a, an offer for $50,000. Okay. And he it's spent, a course for 50K? So, so Info product guys is digital courses typically, yeah, right? So is I'll, that what I'll, it means? I'll tell you what it is. Okay, so $50,000 offer. This guy sells what's called trucking automation. So oh. you give him 50K, he's going to help you finance a semi-truck. 
He's going to find a driver for you. He's going to broker the freight for you. And he's going to educate you about how the business model works. They're then going to run it for you, take 50% of that income, and then you share the other 50%. You're essentially funding it. They're running the business, but you're paying them $50,000 just to even get access to starting that whole process. So long story short. What kind of returns are we talking on this? Oh, this is, this is substantial. This. No, this is a substantial <laughs> offer that they got, dude. It's really profitable for people. And it's, and it's like a passive income model because right. they're not running the business. Their business, as the person selling the 50000 in that example, is the business that's like running the operations and dealing with all the headaches and stuff. You are funding it and just being the money in a sense, right? Yeah. So I launched this guy on, on Saturday. It's a call funnel. And there's a very specific type of call funnel that works extremely well for us right now. Can you now. tell people real quick what a funnel is? Because some people might yeah, not so, know what so, the hell a funnel you is. Know, when you go to a website, right, there's like websites that are home pages that are just generalized. Uh, a funnel is like a very specific action you want somebody to take. And you're attempting to communicate what action you want them to take. And you're trying to influence them as much as possible to take that action in a concise way. So a funnel is like just a sequence of pages that are strung together to take that specific action. This specific action I wanted people to take was a call funnel. So I wanted them to watch a very short video mm. about how that offer works. And then I wanted them to book a call with that team's business of closers. And then I want them to show up for that call to get closed on that call for that $50,000 offer. So I'm optimizing my campaigns for a cost per call in that example. Now, I don't have to get into all the details of cost per call because your audience might not know like what's good and what's bad. But this guy had a really good cost per call. Okay, he's getting cost per call of about $14 to get somebody who's potentially interested in that $50,000 offer. Okay. Mm. Now, more of the story, I launched this guy on Saturday night, 5 p.m. Ads don't get approved for like a couple hours after that. So somewhere, you know, in the early morning hours between Saturday and Sunday, right? And yeah, I wake up and the guy already has a little over a dozen calls. Well, I'm sitting here talking to you right now. He's got a little over 50 calls and it's only Monday night. Mm, now this scheduled guy- Scheduled calls to, to, for yeah, a sales person. This guy, this guy already closed two of those. So he's already got $100,000 off of a little over $1,100 in spend. Bam. So think about that, right? I'm, I'm doing what hedge funds do at a substantially higher rate of return in a substantially shorter duration of time. And on top of that, I'm, I'm, I'm a rev share relationship with these different people. So like I get a percentage of that revenue that's paid to those businesses because of my skill set and being able to produce such a substantial amount of revenue in such a short duration of time. And not every client like that, but in this example, this is a fresh example, 48, 48 hour turnaround for, for a freaking, what is that? A 98 X ROI. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, once again, like to be realistic, most people will have like anywhere from they'll put a dollar in, they'll get $5 out. It's called a five to one return on investment. You know, some people put a dollar in and get fantastic like $10 by the way. out. No, yeah, exactly. They'll be really happy. And most people are satisfied with putting a dollar in and getting like $2 out. But yeah. We don't want to be regular advertisers on, on my side. Like we want to be people who are producing substantial amounts of revenue. Our goal, to be clear, as an agency, we want to make a million dollars a month. And to do that, I only want to work with 10 clients at a time. Working with 10 clients at a time and wanting to make a million dollars a month, that means I need to get paid $100,000 a month per deal. For that to be possible, our goal as an agency is to make the business we're working with at least a million dollars a month. And ideally, that's in net revenue because we get paid on net revenue in our net. Mission. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, and guys, net is what they actually take home. Gross is, you know, for yeah. some of y'all that are wondering, like gross is like what you totally make. And then net is what you actually take, uh, pay, you know, that you're being paid. So yeah, true. Yeah. So, so more of the story, our goal is to make a million dollars a month for those businesses in net revenue, have a 10% net rev share with those businesses, get paid out $100,000 in a month, which, we, which we've done a few times. And, you know, more of the story, we have to be very selective about who those 10 clients are. And a lot of the times, once again, just to, just to circle back to your question, we do so on Facebook and Instagram first as our advertising platform because how effective it still is. 
Now, don't get me wrong. It's, it's relatively risky if I get a business to a million dollars in a month and it's only on Facebook and Instagram. That's called a one-legged stool. Yeah, mm. think about it right now. Like just the chairs we're sitting on. Sure, it's got one center leg, but it's got multiple wheels around that base, right? It's sturdy. Like we're not worried about falling over while we sit here right now. If you had your entire million-dollar month business built on one channel or one funnel, you're going you're gonna to have trouble sleeping at night. You're yeah. going to be very anxious. So at a certain amount in spend and a certain amount in revenue, we diversify on the channels like AdWords, which is YouTube and the search engine ads and TikTok. Some people are applicable for like LinkedIn or Snapchat if they have younger demographics or professional demographics. But yeah, I mean, you know, Facebook and Instagram is where we start 10 times out of 10. It's, it's very effective for so, a broad range of use cases. Right. So Facebook is uh, so um, excellent for running ads. And it seems like it's not that as expensive as I thought it would be. Oh, no. I mean, to be clear, like every year that you wait to advertise, costs get more pricey. Like every single year after whenever you become aware of it, <laughs> it gets more expensive the next year, you know, just how it goes. Because there's more advertisers generally the following year. Facebook is a for-profit business, and they're going to continue raising the ad costs incrementally through time anyway just to make more profit. This is literally a trillion. They hit a trillion-dollar market cap. So you're dealing with a business that's literally worth a trillion dollars. Like they're going to jack up the ad costs. So for someone <laughs> that wants to start like advertising their business on Facebook at a remedial level, maybe, and then they, they, once yeah, yeah. they scale up and they're able to get money and hire someone like an expert like you, yeah. what should they do? Should they make a Facebook account and then like get create an ads manager? How do you even start yeah, that so, like, process? The, the super basic stuff that you need to do, like you have to have a Facebook page, first of all. So uh -huh. that's not a personal account. Like you go and you create a business page in a sense. Can you create a business page without a personal account linked to it? You, you need a personal account just to access Facebook in the first place. Okay. So to even like be on on Facebook, you have a personal account. Listen up, guys. Write this down. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, you obviously probably all have a Facebook account unless you yep. deleted it in that in that hocus pocus stuff of the delete Facebook hashtag. But regardless, <laughs> you uh, you, anyway, you got your personal account, you create a business page, and then you need what's called a business manager. Okay, mm -hmm. a business manager holds ad accounts. Ad okay. accounts are where you actually advertise from. So, creating a business manager is really easy. Most people have probably never visited this website who are listening to this, but so business.facebook.com. So you can have business. <laughs> you can have advertising accounts in your yeah, business so like, manager. So like think about this, right? Like a business manager is like the house, right? Okay. Ad accounts are like the rooms in the house. Okay. You can't have the rooms in the house without the house itself. So like okay. business manager holds the ad accounts. It holds the business pages that you advertise from. It connects like your Instagram account. And how would you it. differentiate each ad uh, account? Would it be maybe you, one, this one? Just need one. Most people are just okay. going to need one ad account. Like when you're, when you're a more advanced advertiser, you might, separate your ad accounts to reduce the risk of putting all your all your active campaigns inside of one you might want to separate the data out by having one ad account for whatever and this ad account for whatever if you sell different products yeah, maybe regular, yeah that'd be a good example. like one is merch maybe another one is a digital course another like one is as in my business manager as an example it's like i'm not going to put four different e-com stores in the same exact ad account it's like okay. i'm going to have one store per account right okay i'm going to have one client per account to put all those things inside of one account is very high risk and so you, you mentioned want to separate them regarding out. having an account let's say you lose the account for permission yeah how do you use a business ad manager <laughs> are you want to tell them or yeah, yeah oh no we can tell yeah. so so to be clear there's a few things first of all I like the video guys by the way <laughs> some gems here man like the video man <laughs> yeah so, so you know first of all like if you have access to something and then you all of a sudden lose access to it from a permissions perspective that was either because facebook revoked it or because somebody who had access to that account through the business manager revoked access for you to have access to it that mm. makes it easy so moral of the story what you have to do you have to go to business.facebook.com to see the business manager you have to look at the settings of it and you have to just see you're going to see that account if it's in there that instagram account or that facebook account 
And you're then going to see who has access to it and what level of permissions they have. So it could just be an issue of you have access to it, but you don't have a certain caliber of permissions to it. Um, it could be that somebody went in there and like sabotaged you and like took out your permissions to have access to it. Um, or as I mentioned, Facebook might have just deemed you as a uncompliant advertiser for whatever reason, and they chose to remove it. Um, so you can't promote anything, you know, let's say like I, I have one of my students, I, I wouldn't say his name out of respect, but he, uh, he constantly just says things that are non-compliant, like touchy subjects that, you know, be, <laughs> sounds like us, you know, like, you know, can't, like cancel culture topics, if you will. Fresh misogyny. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's constantly just ripping like, you know, he's dropping words, like China and freaking, you know, just, just constantly talking beer, the, the beer bug, stuff. you know, pets. Yeah, and so like, and, 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 and you know story, like he's going to get he's going to have a hard time advertising because even if he has never advertised before, if that kind of stuff is on his page, Facebook might deem that as high risk and they might therefore just strip his ability to advertise Damn. before he's even ever advertised. Yeah, because they you know, they remember they analyze every single thing that goes on their platform, whether it's posted or not, even if you have a draft, you know, it's, it's considered gay. Okay, this guy tried to post this, you know, so all that stuff. Uh, you just need to go check first of all. Just go to business.facebook.com, kind of see what's going on with the permissions, see where it's at, and then you know go from there. But question for you, Jeremy, and then we'll move over to Instagram. I hope you guys like the video because you guys are getting a lot of value right Fire now, Jim's man. Here. Shout out to our Jeremy being in the house. Um, what about monetization on Facebook? Yeah. Um, you know, advertising is one one world, and then what about as far as like monetizing? How does one make money off of Facebook? You know, one guy that you should really have on this podcast, he's one of my buddies. His name is Julius Dean. Julius is the uh, curly-headed guy. Ma magician. Magic. He does yeah, magic, yeah, right? magician, yeah. yeah so, the, white, okay. the white boy. Julius okay. is an absolute legend. He's, he, yeah. When I had my uh, penthouse over here, and, and and even when I had the unit below that, just like a regular two-bedroom house, he'd, he'd come over and he'd stay occasionally. He was in Miami. I'd met him out in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, Julius, man, he is currently, if, if once again, I'm not mistaken at this time that I'm talking to you, the literal number one most viewed Facebook page that exists. Oh and wow! He okay. Gets a substantial amount of revenue. Marketing like, genius. I don't want. I don't want to disclose his numbers, but listen, yeah. he's doing more than like, he's doing like multiple seven figures a month off of excellent just views. You know, wow. And paid off monetization. So yep. anyway, more of the story. Like Julius would probably be a better person to have on this show and like talk about that. But to be clear, you can also just go from the outside and look at what type of content he has. It's all like sensational stuff. It's not about the topics that you discuss. It's like. They're just doing things that entertain people viral. while they're sitting there on their phones yeah. that have a high probability of getting a substantial amount of views. Like the other day, as an example, he uh, taped a bunch of Mentos to himself and then went into a Coke bath, you know, to kind of explode. And like, you know, like while he's sitting there <laughs> hyping it up, it's yeah. like a multi-minute build up to it. And then yep. the actual, he goes in the pool of Coca-Cola and like, you know, he freaking gets all this crazy stuff. That has a, that's a high probability of getting a substantial amount of views. And to the regular person, they're probably like, you know, why is this, why is this young man sitting here fucking taping Mentos to himself and then jumping in a bath of Coca-Cola? It's like, well, he, he probably got paid tens of thousands of dollars from Facebook monetization yep. for that video on the back end. But mm -hmm. it's all about the reach. So to be clear, he's not paying to promote that stuff either. It's just organically going viral. And he's, he spoke at one of my events. It's um, back in 2018, we had this event called the Internet Earners Summit. I just got all these like millionaires on, on the Internet and we had an event. And long story short, he was one of them who came. He shared this tip that still works for him today. Whenever he posts a video, he has this network of people who also have large distribution on their pages. And what he'll do is- On their Facebook message, pages. Exactly. He'll message all those people and he'll be like, hey, man, I just posted a new video. You mind sharing it? Mm -hmm. And so what you'll do if you go to his Facebook page and you're just kind of looking through it to kind of see from the outside in what he's doing, yeah. you'll see other videos from other creators he's also sharing consistently. So they do this exchange oh, of like, I'll yeah. share your stuff, you share my stuff. And they consistently get a lot of additional organic reach from that. And that's a, that's a heavily weighted metric in the eyes of Facebook. So they deem different actions 
from an engagement perspective. Like, you know, how you got all those little reaction emojis, like yeah, just yeah. a like and a heart and like an angry face, laughing face, all, yeah, that, yeah, all, that, stuff. all that stuff. And then you got to share and obviously you got to comment. So each one of those have a weight, an algorithmic weight that if those happen in a certain quantity, dictate how much more additional reach you'll get <laughs> yeah so like if you get a certain quantity of shares as an example like that's why those people on TikTok. you ever see those people on tiktok that are like oh press the three little dots and share and then cancel well to tiktok that actually still counts as a share because somebody pressed the share button and then they canceled oh, the action yeah they're hacking the algorithm because same thing in tiktok's distribution you have that button pressed you have it in a high quantity being pressed that then in the eyes of facebook's algorithm is like oh this is a heavily shared video we need to get this out to more people so in addition to that, those those people who are sharing his videos, they're other heavily weighted pages, which right. means like Julius has, Traffic. if I'm not mistaken, like tens of millions of likes on his Facebook page. If he shares a video, that's a heavily weighted share in comparison to a regular person sharing it who just is like a personal profile with like a couple hundred friends, right? Yeah. So when he gets, let's just say a dozen or two dozen different, you know, people who have a hundred thousand plus likes on their Facebook, Facebook page pages. to like share something. You're, you're a very high probability getting a lot of additional organic reach that wouldn't have occurred if those people didn't share it because they interacted with that post with a heavily weighted metric like sharing. Does that make sense? Wow. Yeah. And Facebook Fantastic. pays a lot of money for views. Actually, yeah, I dare to say they pay it's, more. It's a really good time to leverage more Facebook than YouTube. for that reason. Yeah. But regarding <laughs> even just an example, we went viral on spiritual worlds for what you said regarding, you know, men and women, uh, you know. The different traditional men and traditional women yeah. and it's funny because that the heavily weighted page similar to facebook pages that julian did yeah. it carried across a new audience to us yeah. and then they, they shared it on axe page different people uh, kevin durant comment on it so that same type of metric is on a facebook organically because you can hit the share button yeah and just share posts does, does facebook experience. have the highest um cpms as far as like for views like paying out it's funny everyone i've spoken to Jeremy. they say well, they right now more. Right, right now they do so, yeah and, and to be clear you got to remember like Oh, can we you break know, down what CPM is for the people real quick? Uh, oh, yeah. it, it actually doesn't make much sense for why it's an M at the end, just to be clear, but it's cost per impression, which yeah. means every time you get a thousand views, that's technically a cost per impression. And the cost to reach a thousand people is what a, what a CPM There you is. go, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So moral of the story, like to your point, um, you know, you got TikTok right now. Instagram has a billion users, a little more than a billion. And it took them a little over a few years to hit a billion users after Facebook acquired them back in the day. Yeah. Now, TikTok. If you look at a graph, there's actually several graphs you can look up online of the growth rate of all these different social media platforms. TikTok already hit a billion users. And it's been mm. like, it took them a year, like a little more than a year to do that, which is like in the eyes of social media growth, that's insane. insane yeah. like the quantity. And I'm we'll sure break down TikTok as well. That, but real. regardless, it's like, that is a substantial amount of users to acquire in such a very short duration of time. So in the eyes of Facebook, who is a social media conglomerate, who remember is a trillion dollar company, they have to get, when you're a publicly traded company, you have to continue growing the worth yes. of your company year over year, yes. quarter over quarter. So SEC regulated, baby. Well, how's Facebook going to continue making more money if a substantial quantity of their people are, first of all, just abandoning the platforms entirely, deleting Facebook, finding out that Facebook owns Instagram and they're not using that anymore. Like if you go on Instagram, right, and you post a story, I've, I've got like a little over 110,000 followers, I think, at this exact time I'm talking to you. There might be a few thousand people that actually see that story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? You know, like that upsets me as somebody who has that quantity of people that follow me that only such a small quantity of people actually That's see true. my stuff on an ongoing basis. Then TikTok comes out, right? You post that same thing on TikTok, you might get literally a million plus people. Yeah. Like my, yeah. I, I have this, um, this example of um, there's this girl, she gets 
uh, a video posted on TikTok. She literally went viral overnight, like it had millions of views. And she was an info product girl. She comes out with this course literally three days into getting a couple million people viewing her stuff, post the link in her TikTok bio. She made a couple hundred thousand dollars just posting a link with one video because it was continuing to grow at the time that she posted it. And a lot of those people, free organic reach, are just going to her profile to see what she's about. They see this low ticket course that she's got and they just buy it. So moral of the story, it's like that doesn't happen on Instagram. That doesn't happen on Facebook. So what does Facebook have to do to get all those creators and all those people creating all that good content who are now essentially doing it exclusively on TikTok because of all that reach? How do they get them back? You know, they have to, they have to pay you. You know, so, yeah. so Facebook, long story short, every time you post these videos now, they're going to pay you more than what every other platform is going to do yeah. because they have to, because they have to incentivize you now. Cause like, you're going to go where the reach is. You're not going to post this on Facebook unless it actually gets some good reach and yeah. they're not giving any reach anymore. So now they have to pay you when you get some good reach, you know what I mean? Gotcha. Incentivize you to be on that platform. <laughs> so let's, uh, guys, that's a lot of sauce right there, man. <laughs> We're going to switch over to Instagram now. So Instagram obviously is tied to Facebook. I think Facebook bought them out a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, what's the main 2012 they did the buyout. And, and I agree with you that Instagram is extremely hard to grow nowadays. Yeah. Uh, well, what's your take on Instagram as far as using it? Well, it's still, I mean, it's definitely you, weaknesses, play, strengths. Play. Yeah. yeah weaknesses, I mean, look, strengths. for me, uh, I've always been a pay to play guy because it, it enables me to have consistent, predictable growth. Okay. Mm. Whereas a lot of people, you know, they don't want to pay like they just want to get the organic reach. And like Instagram right now is not really a platform for that. The tactics have evolved through the years. Like I remember back in like 2016, 2017, it was those engagement pods is what they were called. Same logic as what I described on Julius having other big people like share his content. On Instagram, people used to have these group messages where they'd be like, hey, I just posted something. Oh, oh engagement yeah, group. Exactly. Like, like the yeah. bunch. You get banned for that now, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Because yeah. yeah. that's example. Like it's an old tactic, no longer yeah. works anymore. But like that was what it was at the time. Now it's like one of the big things to continue growing your accounts is these giveaways that people do. So like, mm. you'll pay, you know, like dude, uh, dude, there's a bunch of them. So like, <laughs> you're going to pay a couple thousand bucks, so like maybe even tens of thousands if it's somebody actually worth paying that amount for, like a yeah. Kardashian is an example. Celebrity. Yeah. And you're going to like, they range all over the place. You know, you're going to get some scammer giveaways that are like people that are completely unknown that already have fake followers anyway. They're never going to give away. And then you got people who are legit, like all the way up to literally like, you know, uh, if you go to Kim Kardashian's pages, an example, she just posted one the other day where they give away all those Louis V bags. And a lot of people think they're a scam, but like they're not a scam. Like there's actual winners who win those things. But, you know, the odds are obviously not in your favor, probably yeah. worse than the lottery. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, anyway, moral of the story, it's like those people who are participating in the giveaways, they're paying like, you know, 5000 maybe $10,000, sometimes less if they do it frequently. And they're the, the point is, hey, we're giving away this amount of stuff. If you go follow everybody I follow, you then have a chance to be entered into this giveaway. Yeah. So then all that person's followers from the celebrity who's doing the shout out in the first place, all those people go and follow that person's list of people they're following. Those people who get followed have a substantial quantity of people. There's a huge influx of people who now follow them, but a lot of those people are like not worth having as followers to a degree. Like they're very low engagement. Yeah. A lot of them will unfollow you right after the thing's over with. Yep. But that's yep. one of the current things that's hot. And it's really unfortunate that it's hot because it really shows like, just how bad it really is nowadays. You know, back in the day, you could at least do the engagement pods to kind of hack the algorithm to a yeah. degree and get some organic reach. Now it's like, you honestly, it's got to pay to, you got to pay to play. So when you post something, you know, you can either do that thing right on your phone where you just promote it. Yeah. It says boost your, yeah, this you, you can dictate like who you want to have, see it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, that's great. You know, you're going to get some reach, especially for businesses that have a clear outcome financially from getting it in front of a certain demographic. Mm -hmm. Me, it's like, I'm going to go into the ads manager. I like, I only post to be clear. I only post when I intend on spending money to distribute it to a specific demographic that I later want to sell to.
Mm. And most people don't treat social media that way. Not, like, you know, a lot of people. Can, can we say that one more time, Jerry? We're going to hit the scratch <laughs> thing and rewind that one more time for y'all. Yeah, so, so a lot of more time. They just use social media, like, you know, they post random stuff, like, and, you know, they never pay to distribute anything. You have to be strategic with it, right? What you have to do is if you're going to post, you have to have a clear financial outcome that you're looking for from posting it. You have to think strategically. If I post this, who am I going to spend money to distribute it to? Because everybody you everybody that interacts with it sees it. Even people just visit your profile. Those all become retargetable, which means they go into a list of people that you can later follow up with for up to one year from the time that they did whatever you did. Like whether it's a video of you, visited the profile, engaged with the post, whatever. So I'm going to only post when I intend on spending money to, to distribute it to whoever I later want to sell to. Bam. It's the only time I'm ever going to pay to post. And it's the only time I'm going to post. Guys, Instagram. we have an Instagram course. We talk about less is more. Post for <laughs> yeah, impact. True. Same yeah. principle here, guys. You got to well, post. Yeah, you guys have a lot of people who use your, use your, your, like, you know, they're going to post like your chicks and like they're going to post to like flex and yeah. like, show a certain character. It's like, I give a shit about that. Like my, my yeah. social media, just for everybody who's extremely clear right now. Mm. It's Make just money. business. Like, yeah. it's money just business. is money. Like, I, don't get me wrong. When I was when I was younger and like was like going into all the women and stuff like that down here in Miami, it's like you know, don't get me wrong. I'd I'd post for the women too. But regardless, yeah. like it's only for business. Yeah. And if you think about it like that, you just elevate in the social media world to really seeing the perspective I'm trying to communicate to you right now, yeah. which is very clear. The only time you should post is when you pay to promote it to eventually sell to those people that you paid to promote it to. Everything changes when you do that because it's so cost effective to do that. So you, you so it's because I've heard from many different people, different things like, oh, doing the, you know, boost to post on the actual Instagram post is stupid. <laughs> you know, they said what you're saying, like go into the Facebook ad, ad manager. Is it because you're able to, I guess, uh, deal and maneuver with the, the variables a, a little bit more yeah, there's precisely? A lot, there's a lot is that more why? you can do and there's a lot more targeting options. There's a lot more control. There's a lot more objectives that you can outco- that you can advertise for. It's so like as an example, you promote a post, right? Mm-hmm. The very first thing you select is what's called an objective. Okay, so an objective is what you select for what you want the outcome to be. So as an example, like in the ads manager, when you go to business.facebook.com, I can select what's called a conversion objective, which means I'm looking for a very specific outcome, like a like a call to be scheduled or like a purchase to occur on the on the actual phone itself. And you just boost a post. You're limited in what types of objectives you can select to like ah. a few. But in the ads manager, there's a little there you could be more precise because yeah. they're close to a dozen different objectives. And the objective it all starts there because. Facebook's algorithm works in your favor for what you select as an advertiser as the objective that you want the outcome for. So if I select I want purchases, Facebook, if I target a million people, is not actually going to show it to a million people. If my objective was to get buyers out of a million human beings that I'm targeting, it might show it to 50,000 to 75,000 that are probable to take that action. Because mm. remember, Facebook as an advertising platform is just a giant prediction machine. Yeah. The same as all these other social With media high probability of success, platforms. though. Very high probability. So when you're on your phone, it's like it is limited on what you can do. Like you, you don't have as many objectives you can optimize for. You don't have as many targeting options. You, there's there's all kinds of strategies. Like uh, you know, it sounds like in terms of how we're communicating, it's more of like a beginner demographic that's listening to this. You have you have a substantial amount of strategies that you can deploy through the ads manager that you just can't deploy through your phone doing like a boosted post. You know, so yeah. it's it's very important that you guys learn the skill of how to go into the ads manager and really you know use it because if if you do 
you are at a substantial advantage in comparison to the large demographic of people that only know how to boost a post, post. from your phone. You know what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, so that that's that's great, and it lets you. Then that, that's beautiful. It allows you to do that on Instagram as well as well as Facebook, uh, and you can do it oh, yeah, that way. All the, all the channels, yeah. I mean, TikTok's the same way. Uh, LinkedIn's the same way. YouTube's the same way. Like all of them allow you to do this stuff. Yeah. But most people just don't take the time to go out because, to be clear, it's relatively confusing when you first go in. It's very overwhelming. So yeah. Most people hire advertisers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you had to choose one platform or someone has a business that wants to expand it to market themselves, what platform would you choose? Well, I'd go with Facebook and Instagram because, first of all, when you advertise on Facebook, it advertises on both Facebook, Instagram, Facebook Messenger, soon to be WhatsApp, Facebook groups, and this thing called the audience network, which is a wide range of like blogs and like, you know, there's places that Facebook ads can be hosted. Um, okay. so you get a wide reach and your money spent very effectively on those two platforms. It, it, but it also depends. Like, let's say you have a much younger demographic. Okay. Your demographic is, let's say 15 to like 24. It, it makes a lot of sense for you to advertise on TikTok, TikTok nowadays because the cost is, is incredible. I mean, really low cost to reach people like that CPM thing we were talking about. Yeah. Really high probability of conversions. If you use the right kind of creative. Well, so let's hit TikTok real trends. quick. Uh, yeah, what TikTok are some weaknesses sweet. and strengths on TikTok as far? We got banned yeah. off there. We, I don't think we yeah. can go back on. Uh, yeah, they, we're they, a little trigger happy right now too, man. They, they, <laughs> they pulled a real Chinese move, man. And they copy and pasted everything from Facebook. Yeah. Like literally, I mean the most, you know how China just steals everything from America. Like, <laughs> dude, that's exactly what they did, man. Whoa. They, fucking, they fucking copy. And, well, I'm, I'm serious. Like intellectual yeah. property. Yeah, theft, yeah no, it's just it's real. It's like what they did. I'm not exaggerating. They like literally went in, like copy and pasted the Facebook ads manager as the TikTok ads manager. And unfortunately, I don't know if they copy and pasted the trigger happy banning, but it seems like they did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, we, bro. here's the thing, because you were mentioning it earlier with TikTok, like as yeah. far as like the organic growth goes, yeah. well, we made our TikTok last year, right around this time. And I made one post where I said, you need to punish bad behavior from women that reached millions of views quickly. Right. Yeah. But the They're thing about community guidelines. Right? Yeah. It, well, here's the thing. So check this out. So TikTok, what they did was since the video, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, if they've fixed this now, but what I noticed was. If your video gets traction, they show it to everybody. They don't oh, yeah. care if you're a raging feminist. Yeah. They don't care if you're oh, not age appropriate for the content. They don't care. They show it to everybody. And then what happens by is human. It's just it's just algorithmically interpreted as this is a hot video. Let's get it out. Exactly. Right. And then the audience that might get your video, they see it. They hate that content. They report, report you, you, mass report you, and then bang, you get <laughs> well, taken down. One of my clients recently, his, uh, his, name's, his name's Tom, and Tom teaches Section 8 real estate investing. Okay, And he went out and he bought like 100 and, 120 units, I think, at a time. And long story short, like he goes on TikTok, you got, you got like 800,000 something followers, maybe more at the time I'm watching. And uh, more of the story, he makes his video. He's like, yeah, I just bought like 120 something units. He's like 15 of them are like deadbeat tenants. He's like, I'm gonna have to get rid of them, you know? And that video got downloaded, posted into a subreddit of a bunch of socialists. Oh, and God. literally there's like tens of thousands of these people. I already know where this and is they going. Went and just, they just reported the hell out of it. Wow. And his account literally got shut down for a couple of days. But you know, when you're, when you're at that level of TikTok followers, it's like, you, you got, got an admin or somebody. You got, you got yeah. you know? So yeah. he got his account back up in a few days, but you know, to be clear, he's making literally tens of thousands of dollars a day off that platform, not from monetization from views, but like from selling info products through it. And he how does TikTok on, work for monetization? Like that's a whole other. Well, I, it's it's kind of the same thing as what we're talking about with Facebook in terms of like the more views you get, the higher the probability you get for getting paid. But the, but the payouts are like abysmal right now. Like they're very low because, yeah. you know, they know what they got. They know they got a substantial amount of organic reach. They know that they also have a lot of people who can just make money off that amount there of attention. Attention is the platform for a substantial business. So the more attention you got, the higher the probability is that you can make a substantial amount of money if you're a sophisticated, smart business. It's person. amazing how you know it's in mean? reverse. Facebook, you're not going to get much reach, but we'll pay you if you do get the reach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. TikTok, we're going to give you the reach, but we're not paying you. So it's like, so, it's amazing that the, the differences. Both in unison. You well, TikTok got the yeah. juice right now, man. So they don't need to yeah. pay out a lot of, a lot of they don't, money, yeah. you know, for all those views that you're going to get. 
simply because they know they got it. Whereas I've been told Facebook, monetizing yeah. with them is actually detrimental because oh, from yeah, what I understand, so. it limits your growth. <laughs> it limits your reach a little bit if you monetize with them. Uh, well, I mean, think I about it. So if there's, if there's a creator, right, who is posting content consistently and does not have monetization turned on, they're making money off that platform and attention in a different way than somebody who does have monetization turned on. If you were the person defining the algorithm, right, just think about it like that. Would you benefit the person who you don't have to pay that still is posting and getting reach? Or would you try to have the person who's getting paid get more reach? Mm. I would benefit the person, the person who I don't have to pay. Yeah, because exactly. I can, yeah. if you're telling you think about how many people there are on TikTok. Remember, there are more than a billion users. How many of them actually create content that gets a lot of reach? It's probably a lot. It's probably always, at any time in the day, tens of thousands of videos at one time that are getting a substantial amount of reach. If out of those tens of thousands, let's say 20% of them have monetization turned on, I'm going to benefit the other 80% if I'm the designer of that algorithm because I don't have to pay those people. And at scale, that's going to save that business a substantial amount of money that they don't have to pay out. And, and to be clear, think about it. Wow. Do the creators who don't have it turned on, do they really care? Probably not. Because once no. again, there's a, there's a percentage Kids, of those people. Well, well, some of them, but there's also a percentage of those people who have business acumen who are going to make money off that attention either way without the monetization turned on. Yeah. So there's, you know, like I said, there are like two ways to think about it. Sure. To your point, it could, it could be detrimental. Um, and from an algorithmic viewpoint, it does kind of make sense that it would be, I don't know if that's the case or not, just to be clear, but that's how I always think of, okay, well, to your point, is that the case or not? I don't know, but I'm going to think about it from, if I'm Business the designer standpoint. of that algorithm, what am I going to do? Oh, if I have a billion users, I got to potentially pay. I'm going to benefit the ones that I don't have to pay. Bang, bang. <laughs> and real quick, I forgot to ask this with, with Instagram, uh, monetization on Instagram. What are your thoughts on that? How should people go about it? If it's even possible. I mean, it's the same thing as Facebook. Remember, like yeah. anything that applies to Facebook applies to Instagram because Facebook owns Instagram. And at this point, like, you know, they're on the same campus in Menlo Park for their main headquarters. They work in the same businesses around the world where they all have Facebook headquarters. It's, it's really the same thing at this point. It's the same algorithm to a degree. Just one has photos and videos and the other, you know, photos, videos, group content, paid ads. Like, you know, long story short, um, I would still take advantage of the Julius Dean strategy, which is try to influence a group of people who have a substantial following to like share their content and you get your content shared through them. That to and to be clear, that's fastest. not an engagement group because no, no, they're no. sharing your stuff. Yeah, so these, this like, versus I mean, like telling them, go like my well, stuff. Yeah, you know? so like don't pool together a group on the you platform would, you would and be bad. like, hey, I just I just posted this. Goes, It's like, have like a text chat or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, Telegram. Telegram. Text, not, not, not a WhatsApp group because WhatsApp's also owned by Facebook. Oh, wow. It's like, just just tell Telegram, iMessage, you know, something not on their actual platform and then share it that way. Yeah. yeah. That has a high probability <laughs> of not getting just caught. An, ex <laughs> an example of what you're saying for Instagram, you can use like Academics page is a heavily weighted page. Uh, no Jumper is also a heavily weighted page. So a lot of artists and celebrities still pay to put posts on those pages to get more influence and get yeah, out there. That's true. Yeah. Um. Ah, oh, damn. I had a question. I, I forgot it. What I was going <laughs> to say as far as like, um, oh, Instagram. what um, what action for, for I guess, between Instagram and, and Facebook, what actions? You mentioned that shares have the highest algorithmic power. Is that yeah, the same on Instagram? Oh, yeah. No, Sh look, a share on almost any social media platform is a very The three dots saying share, send it to a friend. Yeah. So to be clear, like shares, just think about it. Out of all the different metrics, like a react, how easy is it just to like a post? Easy. Yeah, Bam. Easy, right? Not a lot of weight to it because it's so easy and it really doesn't mean much. It doesn't do anything. Comments. It's like to write a comment, you know how they pre-populate comments nowadays? Like you can get like a few, like you, you go on Facebook, comment something, and it already has like three different things you could press just to easily comment something. Same thing. Does that have a lot of weight now that it's that easy? 
No, a nice long comment. Remember, they interpret every word that actually has meaning to it. Oh, length of comment matters. Well, length of comment and, and what the comment actually says matters. Because if you oh. get, well, think about it. Once again, they can, <laughs> there's a really powerful AI behind this whole thing that interprets everything and like knows what it means. So to be rather direct, certain comments have weight, certain comments don't have weight. This is a bunch of fire emojis as an example. Does that have a weight? No, no, probably I not. I mean, it's a small weight, but like, you know, not a, not a big weight. Whereas a nice, thoroughly written, hey, you know, I really appreciate what you did here. This influenced me this way. You've impacted me this way. Thank you so much. That has more weight than just a bunch of fire emoji, right? And then the share. A share, that has the most meaning out of anything because you're taking the time to either send it to somebody else, but think about the different ways you could share it too. So you know how when you press share, it gives you the option to just DM it to somebody, but you can also like share it off the platform now? Yeah, you can copy the link. I was going to ask you, yeah, do you yeah. get points for copying the link? Well, so to be clear, yes, you do but it's not as much of an impact as some of those other variables for how you can share something. Sharing so, it on the platform gives you the most. Let's say I share something and I just send it to your DM, right? Yep. But you post something and I share it to my story. Which do you think has more weight as a share? Me sharing it to story. somebody's DM or the story? Story. Yeah, so if I share are something see that. to my story, exactly, that has more meaning because somebody is going to, I'm going to publicly share the fact that I like this post and I, versus the discreet, you know, this might be a funny thing. I'm just going to send it to my buddy or something. You know, it's funny. Know? When I'm, whenever my friends do like a big post or I get like a big purchase, I share it on my story so yeah. I get more reach. Yeah, um, and that, that dude, that, that's good. Like, honestly, that's being a good friend in social media age. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not realize that like what you type matters. And I didn't realize the, yeah. the, that like sharing it within the app is going to carry more weight than sharing it outside the app. Oh, and yeah. if they in turn take that same post and post it on their story, yep. that also gives you an algorithmic boost as yeah, well. Absolutely. And, and remember, crazy. it's all, all you need to do to interpret these things is just think to yourself. If I was designing this algorithm, Bam. Yeah. what what would I have with more weight versus other things? You know, our example, you know, how you can save a post. It's like, that's cool. But here's the thing. If somebody doesn't ever visit their saved posts versus somebody who saves a post and they visit their saved posts every day and like relook at that post again and again and again, both people, just different ways they use their saved, their saved post feature. They both do the same thing. Do those people have the same amount of weight when they save the post? No. 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 The person who saves the post and who looks at it frequently, believe it or not, is going to impact that post more positively from a weight algorithmic weight perspective in comparison to the person who just saved it. They're tracking it. all of this, yeah, dude? Well, why wouldn't they? It's all inside wow. of the platform, you know? So all these wow. are actions. These are all indicators. Remember, okay, Facebook, you, we, we can go on Google. We look it up. Just be clear. Last time I checked, they got like above a little over 60,000 employees. And Facebook alone has 2.3 billion plus users. I think they're at 2.5 now, if I'm not mistaken. Whereas Instagram, a little over a billion. 60,000 humans they're not going to manage you know what gets reached and what doesn't of course so the designers of that algorithm are going to dictate what gets reached and when and how much reach it gets and what has more weight than other variables that's why all those things are there for us they're not just believe it or not it might it might sound funky but like likes right remember how uh, i think it was like a year or two ago they took likes away and yeah. they don't actually show it anymore yeah. they just say okay so I can still see likes, them sometimes. I don't know. Depending on depending the on where old you're accounts at. can see it, the new ones can't see it. Yeah, different oh, different yeah. different users in different parts of the world experience different things, and also yeah. they run like hundreds of split tests at a time. So like yeah. you might a see a it, I might not. You might see it, but anyway, more of the story. When they took likes away, does that officially mean that likes are a weighted metric when they took it away? It's like probably not. You know, that probably means that they devalued that specific metric That's out true. of everything else that they have, but they still kept it because it has an algorithmic weight. To show, okay, hey, people are really liking this. We're going to continue distributing it out on all these other platforms. Um, we're going to continue giving this person more reach because they got X amount of comments, X amount of likes, X amount of shares, X amount of whatever saves. All that stuff matters. But remember, all the things that are showcased publicly 
or that are shared to a higher quantity of people. Those are the things that you should be after as a creator in order to get more monetization, like to answer your question rather directly. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, that's some <laughs> that's right there, man. That's a little sauce right there for y'all. <laughs> and then we're gonna hit YouTube last. So I'll read these chats real fast, guys. Um, yo, who's giving y'all this kind of value, bro? Nobody, man. I'm taking notes myself. Caden <laughs> yep. the Great, uh, five bucks. Just started my web design agency. What is the best way to get clients? Ads or cold calling? What's the best strategy you suggest? Thanks, guys. Give me some water. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, well, ads are cold calling in your community. Well, For, uh, to be clear, I, I, in my agency, if that's the question of like how to get clients, it's this thing called the cold video pitch. Okay. In my agency, this is what we've been doing for years after the first year anyway, when we were doing the emails. What we do is we make like a five to 12 minute video mm -hmm. and we'll just go in, record ourselves. We don't put our attention on us. Like video starts with what's going on. My name's Jeremy. Mm -hmm. Look, I got a bunch of things that I looked at on whatever I want to put attention on, like your website or your social media that you're not doing now that are for sure going to make you money. And then we just showcase in a very clear way what we're going to do to help drive that business revenue. That's the that's the key to the video pitch when we're pitching somebody as a marketing agency. I call it a CPR, clear process to revenue. If I pitch you and you're not clear in the first few seconds that I'm somebody that you can have some confidence in that can make you money, you're not going to spend any more time watching that video. That's true. Every human on planet Earth qualifies what they're going to put attention into by if it's worth their energy to continue putting attention into. And when it's business related, it's probably needs to be focused on money, you know, Bam. money or saving time. So moral of the story, when we pitch people, we want it to be focused on, I've got a clear strategy that you aren't doing now. That's going to help drive you revenue. Let me show it to you. Then the rest of that video is just showcasing the strategy you want to execute for that person. Very high probability of responses. Like in my agency, we experience anywhere from like a 10 to 15% response rate in, in agencies that are less known than I mentor. They experience anywhere from like five to 10%, just a little less. Uh, but regardless, the more case studies that you have to flex, the higher the probability of response. The more clear and articulate you are on what you actually want to do for that business to drive in revenue, the higher the probability for response. Um, a lot of people are very lazy, and that's that's a benefit in my eyes. Yeah, um, absolutely. Thank you very much. What they'll do is, is they'll just, how many times a day you get pitched in your DMs? Just text-based pitches. Oh, man, all yeah, day. But Grow your Instagram with me. And I'm like, yeah. bro, shut up. And they got like zero followers yeah. on a page. With yeah. like, dude, I'll go into my Instagram right now and I'll read, I'll read a little shit pitch for you as an example. I get them, I get them every day. Uh, okay, here's one right here. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're always about PR now too. To, you know, hello, Jeremy. I am representing a PR firm. Look how long this is. Oh, See how long yeah. this shit is? Yeah. As a human being, just right off that, do you want to continue reading this? No, no. You're okay. just like, nope. Now what they're saying is, is, hey, Jeremy, I, hello, oh, hello, Jeremy. Do you ever say, hello, Walter? No. Hello, Myron? No. It's no. like, that doesn't even sound personable, you know? So it's like, I am representing a PR firm called Mogul Press. We specialize in strategic media placements. It's like, what the fuck does any of that mean? It's like, you should hit me up and say, <laughs> Jeremy, I Googled your name, pressed on the news tab, and I noticed you hadn't gotten any press for the last three months. I also noticed you don't have the verification badge. News and press in a high frequency leads to verification. Unless you know somebody on the inside, you can pay off. But regardless, if they're <laughs> pitching me on press, it's like leading off with that and then saying something along the lines of a few people that we've helped get verified and that we've written press for have seen this amount of money in addition to what they were already making because they took the time to work with us. Love to talk with you more about this. A lot of them also really mess up by doing the text message, text pitches, and then saying something like, hey, do you have 20 minutes to get on a call with me? Hmm. How often do you see that? It's have like, you heard the, the new scam? Nope. With what? the um, high follower count, uh, someone like uh, some, uh, uh, I want to say Latin countries where they just DM you say, "Hey, uh, hit me up for, for a response. I can get you verified." But it's, it's yeah, like a random 
a Spanish person that just like yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's like, bro, like <laughs> who's gonna fall for that? I mean, yeah. people do, but hey, you know. No, I mean, but that's the thing. Even that person, right? It comes off as sketchy in your eyes because they're not tying it into anything. It has no meaning, it's and it's also a text pitch. Imagine if that person took the time to literally pull out their phone, even just a selfie video. Hey, what's going on, Walter? Look, you do the Fresh and Fit podcast. Think that's sick. I noticed you got your verification badge. Dude, all these podcasts that you do with all these great people, I want to write press about it, which is going to increase the quantity of viewers that you get. It's going to make you look even more legit in terms of the search engines. I also Googled your name and I noticed you had a few things that are a little, little sketchy potentially. You know, We can get those obliterated from the search engines by writing consistent press for you. That's all going to have a financial impact for your business. Let me know if you want to talk further on this. And then they send a video to you of that. That has a much higher probability in comparison to a long text thread with you know, a, a call to action, you get on a freaking call. It's like, just work with these people via text. Like nobody wants, I, how many things do you buy nowadays? I bought uh, uh, this as an example, this right here, this is a $59,000 watch. AP. Okay? I didn't, forget. I didn't AP. talk to one person to buy this right. over the phone, hundred percent text. People are willing to spend $59,000. This house I just moved into, not, not to sound pretentious when I say this to you, but 12,000 square foot house. I didn't go visit it. I looked at it digitally. I didn't talk to one person besides my realtor about getting into that place. It's like, I didn't want to talk to anybody. So moral of the story is, it's like people buy things nowadays for substantial price points without having to even talk to anybody on the phone. You're telling me I can't, I can't get your PR service and just chat with you about it. I need to get on a 20 minute call with you. It's like that no. kind of stuff doesn't work. So that's why we do the video pitches in my business. It's such a substantial advantage to the regular people doing all that lackadaisical stuff in comparison. Yeah. That's why we average a high probability of great responses. And these, these are like some serious people are getting responses from, to be clear. These aren't like regular Joe Schmo business owners. These right. are like, you know, multi, multi-millionaires with like several businesses, you know, hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of followers are getting responses from, from doing these video pitches. So ads, ads don't get those types of responses and they cost money. So to run ads to get clients in our agency, it's like, doesn't make much sense. I don't have to spend money with the video pitches. I can get commission only salespeople who sit there and do that all day long. Whereas if I spend money on ads, do you think that the multi, multi-millionaire, multiple businesses is sitting there scrolling through social media all day, going to see my yeah. ad and potentially respond? It's like, no, he's going to respond. She's going to respond to seeing a well thought out, clearly articulated revenue driven set of strategies in a brief video from somebody who's coming off certain articulate. And once again, is focusing on revenue. So Adding value up front. Yeah, 100%. Uh, man. Okay, Mike Osho, how would you attack ads as a barber on Instagram slash Facebook? This is some serious fire, by the way. Uh, much appreciate. We got y'all. Uh, Raz, five bucks yeah. opinions on affiliate marketing. What is that? So, go ahead, Jeremy. No, you want, you want oh, me to answer that again? Oh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so so to be clear, like what you can do, what makes you want to get a barber? Like when's the last time, first of all, when's the last time you switched barbers? Oh, I try not uh, to. I try not to. I yeah, to. exactly. Like, I've had, dude, I was paying my barber to drive up. He lives here in Miami to drive up three and a half hours to that other house. I was paying like $400 a cut. First of all, I've paid $250 a cut to have him come to my house because if you drive 30 minutes to the barber and 30 minutes back, that's an hour. If I do that twice a month, that's two hours in a month. How many months are there in a year? 12. 12, 12 times two hours in a month is what? That's a day. That's 24 full yeah. hours yeah. in a 365 day year that I would spend just literally driving to and from the barber. So worth $250 all day, <laughs> worth, worth $400 to have him come up there. So like same thing, I'm willing to spend that amount to like not switch barbers. But anyway, more of the story, what makes somebody get a barber in the first place is the fact that they're given nice cuts that don't look messed up, you know? Of course. So putting that on display, first of all, on your feed would make a lot of people a lot more certain and confident in you. Right. And on top of that, like a little bit of outreach, man, like I've seen people who go to a new city 
and they'll literally fly their barber out if they're rich enough to be able to do it and they yeah. need a cut. That's how important like a really good cut is. And that's how insecure men in this case would be. I, mean, <laughs> have a bad cut. Like, I wouldn't leave the house until my hair goes back to what I wanted to yeah. be if that was me. You know? yeah. But moral of the story is like putting on display that you have really good cuts. And, and then on top of that, reaching out to people is the point I'm trying to make. Uh, through DMs, just sending videos to people. Hey, man, like, look, I'm doing a cut right now. This thing's clean. I give nice fades. You know, let me touch you up. Yeah. Um, like most people are just very unwilling to reach out to people. It takes a little extra yeah. time, but like it's well worth it in terms of the money it makes. You if can they also can, spend money. If on they that. can see your posts, like you said earlier on your yeah. page with the results, they'll you, buy from would you. Would you ever, if you were like in the middle of a consideration phase on a new barber, right? How are you going to feel them out? Are you just going to trust their word that they're a good barber when you go to the shop? It's like, no, man, first of all, you're going to feel them out. You're going to look at all their past cuts. You're going to consider, is this person the right person for me? based on all the cuts I can see on their page. Are they cutting the style of hair that I have? You know, the more you can put that on display, the higher the probability Bro, it is. I'm looking know, at that last cut people. to see, is he sharp? <laughs> if he's sharp, okay, yeah, you can make me sharp too. Yeah. All right, yeah it's like, it's like, you know, if you're, if you're a, let's, let's just say you got like really curly hair, right. And you only have somebody that's like cutting fades all day. Yeah. You don't see anybody on that page that has like longer curly hair. It's yeah. Like, what's the probability for you to go get a cut from that person? Like, yeah, not, not, Very not low. you know, so, yeah. uh, right. real, so, I'll, so guys, I see you guys got a lot of questions. We'll do the Q and a at the end. I'll read the super chat. So get them in now. Uh, Cause I, we still got to cover YouTube. So, um, Jeremy, you, you were actually instrumental in Dan Locke's explosive growth on YouTube. Can you yeah, tell us he had a, a whole team about... behind that just to give him credit? Like yeah. he had a head of production guy named Gabe who, who now is outside of Dan's business and helps grow people on YouTube. Just to give him a shout out. Yeah. They had a substantial team behind that. But yeah, when I, when I met Dan, He's got 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, okay? Mm -hmm. so he's such a humble but, guy. While we're Jeremy. talking to him right now, he's got he got 3.8 million subscribers, and that's continuing to grow. Sheesh. He'll probably break 4 million by, maybe by the time of this video. Congrats, <laughs> man. Yeah. That's sick. So moral of the story, like, that didn't take that long. That was from early 2018 through today. That's when we started working with him. Correct, yeah. So moral of the story, and just to be rather direct, we, you know, we were spending up to $800,000, $900,000 a month on ads just for Dan. On YouTube? For oh, YouTube, oh, growth. No, no, no. just just oh, on oh. Facebook and Instagram. Hold on. When it came a to month? YouTube, <laughs> yeah. So so remember, like we, I got them up to two point five million dollars in a month, and just on Facebook, we were spending like eight nine hundred thousand um, dollars just on ads. Like YouTube was also a substantial amount of money we were spending per month. You know, it it would have been would have been dwarfed in comparison to what we spent on Facebook and Instagram. But regardless, when you spend money on paid, listen to this. We were at Facebook's headquarters in Menlo Park. We were spending so much money on Facebook for Dan. They gave us, there's three levels of, of reps you can get in Facebook. There's what's called the marketing specialists. You have industry ad experts and you have global partners, okay? Marketing specialists are the people who have like 90 to 120 clients they get assigned to once a quarter. They rotate between all these people. They suck. Like most of them are very uneducated and they don't know much about the platform at all. And they give you these like super basic tips. Um, good for like, you know, beginners, I guess, but like not good for when you actually need some help. Then, to be clear, to get the industry ad experts, these people have 10 to maybe 15 clients max, okay? They're assigned to people who spend more than a million dollars a month for six months straight or who spend more than a certain amount of money over the course of 12 months. So we were in the 12-month category. Now, what they do when you have one of these reps is they give you, like, really good tips. Like, you actually get access to, like, beta features regular advertisers don't have access to and oh. all this kind of crazy stuff. Uh, the whole point is, you know, we flew out to Facebook's headquarters. This was 2019 at this point. Um, you I, was, I was in San Francisco, right? And we we uh, we take a helicopter down to Palo Alto there at, at Facebook's headquarters in Menlo Park. We show up and we had this whole presentation that they built for us just on Dan. And they showed us this statistic. I still I still have this presentation today. Dude. It's a sick visual. Out of every single possible impression that was available for the personal branding, like info product industry, every time you logged on to Facebook or Instagram, Dan Locke was there 33% of the time for every possible impression or view that was Holy associated crap. with that industry, Damn. which, which to be clear, to put it in perspective, 
you know, every time you go into a platform, you get served up all different kinds of content to spend enough money to get 33% of all the attention available for that entire industry is substantial, whether you can comprehend it or not. No, that's incredible. That's crazy. That was a statistic they openly told us about on Facebook. YouTube was relatively the same, like spending a substantial amount of money, like hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on that platform on YouTube as well. So so you guys were dropping eight to nine on Facebook and Instagram. And then on top of that, and the the reason I bring up the Facebook and Instagram thing is like, they openly told us as a platform, like how much viewership we were getting just from spending that amount of money. So on YouTube, the point I'm trying to make, and now we're dropping a million on YouTube. We're spending hundreds hundreds of thousands, anywhere from like two to 400,000, give or take the month. Wow. And that, you know, positively impacted the channel a lot. But to be clear, I sent you guys this. I sent I sent you the uh, the strategy document for it. Their team, as I mentioned, like instrumental in that growth. There's a, there's a very specific set of actions you need to take to grow a YouTube channel organically. Mm. Um, the moral of the story is is like all those actions, you have to take all of them, not like one or two of them. You have to do all of them. And there's this document. I, like I said, I sent it to you guys a while ago. If you remember yeah. it, I'll, no, I'll no, send of course it to you I got it. If you I got remember, it. But I got it. yeah, the moral of the story is is like. That document, that, that document is what they followed to the T in order to grow that channel to 3.8 million. All I did once again, it, it, I don't want to, I don't want to dwarf it by any means, but it was minor. It wasn't a majority of what I did that grew that channel to be clear. And, and to be fair, it was a minority of what impacted that channel growth. A majority of it was from that how to document that I sent over to you guys. Man, <laughs> Can you give some people some tips, I guess, as far as like uh, with, with YouTube guys that might want to get into YouTube or whatever, just some quick little. Yeah, so, so a few things, first of all, do you want to talk about paid or you want to talk about organic? If, if we got time for both, if you're okay with yeah, it. Okay. So from a paid perspective, this, this is something I covered inside of one of my classes called Master Internet Marketing. And what, what you do on YouTube is very important from a paid perspective. First of all, a good click-through rate, which means out of everybody that sees the video. CTR, guys. Yeah. You want at least 2 to 5% who watch it Write to that click down. through into your whatever landing page or whatever you're driving traffic Thumbnails. To. If you do that. That's a great indicator to the AdWords platform that you have something that is getting a good positive response. Even though it sounds like a small number, believe it or not, in terms of click-through rate, it's rather big. So more of the story, the creatives matter a lot. A lot of businesses are at a disadvantage on YouTube because they make absolute dog shit videos. You know, like they're just really bad at, at making video content. And if you are somebody who has an advantage, like think about think about the level that you guys are at here in terms of content that you're creating. You are you are light years ahead of like you know the regular person sitting at home, who might have like a ring light and a, and a freaking phone tripod. Right? <laughs> uh, but regardless, it's like you know good lighting, clear clear simple call to actions. Mm. A lot of videos on YouTube, you guys are probably all aware. Of course, have that five second skippable thing at the beginning. So yeah. you have to you have to really pack a good hook into the first five seconds. A hook is just a clear interesting angle that you're attempting to communicate to somebody in a simple and direct way that gets them to pay attention to the rest of the video and not press skip. Yeah. Some advertisers will also try to condense the entire message into that five seconds. That's usually like the big brands that try to do that, that don't mm-hmm. get a lot of success. But anyway, interesting videos. Like one of my favorites, one of my, one of my old clients, a guy named Ty Lopez, man. This guy, this guy, man, such a monster, you know, like a lot of people hate him, but honestly, he's, he's incredible. He's one of the smartest people ever. People, people really hate on him, but um, haters gonna hate man whenever you're winning saying, late, you know, honestly, whenever winner, bro people yeah, just gotta people just fucking hate, hate man yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just saying like he's probably it's one crazy. of the smarter people like in the internet marketing industry yeah he, uh, without a doubt i mean he's probably in the top three if if, if yeah. we're not uh exaggerating yeah. in any way shape or form but you know regardless you remember that famous video at the time man the uh it had the lambo in the, like, the garage 110 million views so how'd that video start that's an example of a great hook it was just a guy in a garage holding his phone up that coincidentally had like an entry level Lambo at that. It was a, it was a Gallardo, you know? Gallardo, and mm-hmm. and he had the bookshelf in the back. He's like all the books. What, what, what did he say? He said, uh, you know what I, I like, like to read better than my Lamborghini. 
knowledge. Knowledge. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's knowledge. Like, yeah. That was in the first five seconds, and it was like so out there in comparison to every other ad that you've ever gotten served at that time that people would then pay attention to the rest of what he said. And at the time, he was pitching that program he had called 67 Steps. So it can be as simple as that that enables you to scale up and become extremely well-known like Ty did. But I mean, you know, that was a lot of money spent on that video to make that extremely well-known and get over 110 million views on it. But, you know, regardless, when you're doing paid ads on YouTube, it all starts with just a good video. You know, if you aren't good at making videos, you're going to have a bad time. How long should your video be that you want to push? It should be clear. It's a wide range. I can give you on answers here. I've seen YouTube ads that are a full like 30 to 40 minutes of just straight up education or like a full infomercial to a degree. And I've also seen ads that are as little as literally 30 seconds that have performed just as well. Mm. I would encourage you with, with <laughs> time. to bias towards the shorter videos. Yeah. Right? If, you, if, if you're more in like the education industry, or like the info product industry, or you have a product that requires a significant amount of education, first of all, you can still do all that on the landing page to articulate it there instead of the video. But you can still use a longer video if, if, if you want. Um, and, oh, yeah. uh, and to be clear, just so, <laughs> I, so just so that people know, um, when you're running the paid side for YouTube, we're talking about running ads to your business, not necessarily to grow your channel. And I think that's an important well, you, distinction you, to make, right? You can right? grow your channel through paid ads as well. Yeah, you can be okay. clear. Um, but yeah, I mean, long story short, when you talk about Google AdWords, which to be clear, Google owns YouTube. So mm -hmm. that's where you go to advertise, kind of like you go to advertise on Instagram, on Facebook. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could, there's the same thing. You choose an objective. So if I want to grow my channel, there's an objective for that. And if I want to just spend money to get views, there's an objective for that. If I want to grow, uh, you know, my, my revenue, you know, it's a conversion objective for purchases or for calls or for leads or for whatever you want to optimize for. So, so like still subs, all starts with the video, though, engagement, you know? all that, you can yeah, you, tailor you, you it you can do all that stuff. And the cool want. part is, is like. You guys, I'm sure you do this and you're aware of it, but regardless if you're not, every single person who sits here and watches this video, visits your channel, uh, opts into a playlist or just watches a playlist or even or literally once again just goes to your channel, not even subscribed and your subscribers, you can retarget 100% of that for up to 365 days from the day that they did that whatever action it is. So you know, spending money on views on YouTube has the same value as spending money on Instagram and Facebook or on TikTok because all of it's retargetable. And it's all very cost effective as well. But yeah, most most businesses, they're going to benefit from just doing what's called direct response ads, making a video with a call to action to take an action for their business to buy something or to become a lead or you know book a call or something like that. Gotcha. Boom. Gotcha. So you can do it for both. You can do it for a product and you can also do it to grow your channel. Oh, yeah. Is... No, and there's and there's a lot of tips um, in terms of like paid ads. But just remember, it all starts with the video. Like if you suck at video, hire a good video production company to come in and like walk you through what you need to do. Spend that money for sure well worth it if and then you said the organic route so you got the paid route and then the organic how this yeah, so organic so like as an example a document that i was referring to that you guys have like i'll give you a few things out of it because truly i think there's more than like a dozen actions in that entire document that yeah. you need to take like all it's pretty it's pretty thorough to grow but regardless okay. like one one clear example is thumbnails yeah so when you are just opening up the youtube app nowadays or going to youtube on your desktop laptop tablet whatever you get served those recommended videos okay so same logic we have an algorithm that is serving up videos based on different metrics like the length of viewership per video, likes, dislike ratios, which they don't show publicly anymore, but they still factor in as weight, shares. Do dislikes comments. matter? No, they do, but they just don't show them publicly anymore. I think yeah. they did that for their stupid YouTube, what's what year in review thing, the YouTube rewind thing. Mm -hmm. I think they also did it from a political perspective. Yeah, because yeah. the, the political videos yeah, always man, get like, really you, low you, dislike you rates, really high dislike rates. Right? Like dislike a yeah. times. Yeah. Like, Anything that has to do with like the disease or the president, like <laughs> yeah. it's immediately like dislike to like 10% like yeah, rate. So it's like, you know, they're, they're, the dislikes still matter to be clear, but algorithmically they still have a weight, but you just can't, you know, you can't publicly see it anymore. So, so long story short, the thumbnail all starts with a good thumbnail. And then from there, it does like all those metrics we just talked about count. 
So you want to make sure like you, you've done several times in this video, smash the like button, you know, subscribe to our channel. Like this is a reason to subscribe to our channel, but you want to make those things brief for call to actions throughout it. You can also do the things that YouTube adds as functionality, like in the corner of the videos, you can make the little call to action buttons to subscribe. YouTube also has end cards. So at the very ends of the videos, yep. um, most people, this is one thing Dan really taught me well, which was most people end the video and then they show the end card. Whereas what Dan would do in the last, let's say 30 seconds of the video, like if I'm talking to you right now, the end card would appear. I would go to like the top left corner of the screen. Some recommended videos would be to the right of me while we're talking. There'd be a call to action button to subscribe down in this corner, but I'd still be in the content section of the video while the end card is there, which encourages people to either go watch another video in the playlist, go watch another video on the channel to subscribe to the channel. There'd be a call to action to like the video as an example. So many YouTube creators undermine the end cards. A lot of them put a lot of emphasis, obviously, on thumbnails. Um, one guy that went crazy, which, which um, you know, I won't talk too much about, but you know Connie Murphy? No, yeah. 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 So, like, dude, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about there, but regardless, yeah. you know, Con Connie yeah, Murphy's we a know. great example. Like, dude, like Brandon Carter introduced me to Connor Murphy, and, yeah. you know, they were, they were real good friends. And, you know, long story short, uh, what would happen is, like, dude, Connor was a monster on YouTube before all that crazy he was. shit he started he was. doing. And what he would do is, like, when I, he was extremely analytical. Every video that he posted – he would be very clear on the retention, which means like out of the total quantity of watch people that time, watched right? it. Yeah, exactly. How many people watched it all the way through? How much total watch time was there? What were their reactions to the videos? Likes, dislikes, comment counts, subscribers that would come with the videos. And then he would double down in his next videos based on what previously worked. And then he would avoid what previously didn't work. A lot of people aren't analytical like that. Yeah. They just ignore the data that's right in front of them that they give us access to on these platforms for the sole purpose of and doing YouTube has work. an extensive studio. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, man, like they give you everything. Yeah, so, so like, think about it. Most people, long story short, they'll put a lot of emphasis on thumbnails. They won't really put a lot of emphasis on like good videos, which is really important. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, they won't put a lot of emphasis on the analytics on actually reviewing what worked, what didn't work, why it worked, you know, and then for, to be clear, the following videos they then do based on what worked and what didn't work. They don't have good end cards. They don't have good call to actions throughout the video to like, subscribe, comment, you know, do all those basic things. Timestamps, I noticed, are a big one. Which, speaking of timestamps, yeah, guys, great. like the goddamn video right now. We're talking about <laughs> engagement. Like the video. There's what? 1,700 of you guys watching right now. Do me a quick favor, man, and like the video because if you guys try to get this conversation with Jeremy in person, it'll cost you a lot more money. Yeah. So like the goddamn and video. Also, That's true. we are only... 200 subs away from 490k. So we need 200, 200 more subs, guys, <laughs> to the channel. 490k on the way, and then once again, 500k parties coming up. So let's get. I, it. And I ain't gonna lie, guys. I I kind of <laughs> didn't want to bring Jeremy on and give you guys our secret sauce of who we use. <laughs> this is fire, man. But uh, now you guys like, you know what I'm saying? Like, guys, you now you know why he's pretty much the best digital marketer in the world. Why <laughs> top all everyone you know that's like big <laughs> has worked and or hired him before. Sorry, go ahead. Somebody, somebody said in the comments they were like, "Why do you give all this stuff away for free, dude? This is nothing." Like, this yeah. Is oh, like, this is nothing, guys. You might, yeah. you might think it's a lot because you might not be aware of it all, but like, truly, this is like this is like surface level. entry level. There's some good stuff, like some some like deep stuff. But to be clear, like there's there's way more, like way more that, that makes a lot of money. <laughs> Thomas here, like, well, yeah. speaking of which, by the way, guys, we got uh, two links. You want to tell them real quick about your uh, about your products? Yeah, yeah. So so I have a, I have a buy one get one. I'm doing right now. Part of, it's Cyber Monday right now. We got I'm talking to you guys. You know what I mean? So I have two offers. Okay, one of them is called Master Internet Marketing, seven week live class. I put this offer together because I noticed you, you know how many other like video products there are out there. They're just like standard courses. You buy how many have you bought that you've just never logged into? A bunch, a bunch. Of course. Yeah. So like, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to be that type of educator. Like I don't want, I'm not in it just to make money. Like I'm in it to actually help people get the result that we sell people on. So what I did is it took a lot of time, dude. Like I'm not exaggerating when I say this, 
each one of these weeks in the seven week live class took me a full like month to build out like in extreme detail. They're all like three to four hour classes. So what it is called master internet marketing, seven week live class. Each week covers a different topic. So like the first week, I just introduce you to all these different topics that'll have some foundational, just, you know, you need to know them for all the other classes. Uh, you know, we talk about Facebook, we talk about Google AdWords, talk about Instagram. We're going to be introducing TikTok on there soon. Um, we just talk the funnels, copywriting, email marketing, each week, different topic. And then to be clear, you're also tested in real time. So like for the courses you have taken, how much of it you think you've retained? Not, yeah. Not, yeah, so like 10%, 20%. Yeah. A guy you just had on the other day, Robert Kiyosaki, in his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he has this thing called the learning cone. And in it, he talks about the different retention practices in order to increase the probability that somebody retains information. One of the best ways to increase retention is by having people either turn around and teach that information immediately or by immediately after being taught, putting it into practical use. So mm. what I'll do for people after I teach them something is we break down in that three to four hour live class. We have these live worksheets through Google Forms that I send off to people and they're graded on them in real time. So I'll teach something. They'll do a live worksheet to reinforce the information to increase the probability of retention. It's obviously live Q&A as well so people can retain everything that they're being taught outside of just the worksheets. Now, after the classes, it ends. You got homework in between that class and the next one. So before you show up, to even show up to that next live class, you're going to have videos in between. It's like, it's a very intense experience to be clear. Like you got to have the time for it. No doubt. You can always watch the recordings after they're done as well. And just, you know, take it anytime, but regardless, very intense. If you go through the seven weeks and then at the very end, I certify you as a master of internet marketing through this 88 question final exam. Mm. And it's a serious thing. Like, and it's graded to be clear. You have to pass it with an 80% passing score. Otherwise you fail. You have the opportunity to retake it once, but if you fail it again, you get access to the next seven week live class can take it as many times as you'd like until you pass. Damn. But anyway, more of the story. No see students. And no, no, no. I mean, we don't allow that. You know, like we want, we want to make sure that people actually retain the information that they're taught. I don't, I don't want to have a bunch of people who join into this class that I put my name on that then turn around and act like they're masters of internet marketing. In reality, they're like freaking noob amateurs who like barely know anything. Like this is a serious class that I teach. Mm -hmm. So anyway, more of the story. That's called master internet marketing. Second offer I have, and like I said, it's a buy one, get one. So it comes with two things. Second one's called High Ticket Agency. So this, this is my first offer that I've ever had. It's uh, I started this in 2017. I taught in three Ty Lopez programs. I got freaking blown up by people wanting to learn how to start an agency. So I created my own program. And High Ticket Agency, it's 600 plus video lessons. Uh, you, get, you get legal agreements, about 15 of them. You get resources, like all this stuff that we've used through my agency through the years, hanging on walls, decks, playbooks, you know, all kinds of stuff, all my ad strategies. And you get communities in both of these, to be clear. So anyway, more of the story, both of those, sell for 5k each and the cyber monday offer is i put both of them together so Bam. when you buy one you get both for only 5k and then to be clear that's the regular cyber monday offer i'm doing for the fresh and fit people i'm doing 500 off of that so long we story short Bam. you got master internet marketing you got high ticket agency 5k and then you reduce 500 so 4500 all together and you have payment plans all that stuff so you're not waxed on money off if you don't got it up front um, but it is a revenue driven thing. So to be clear, everything I sell, this yep. is how my life works. We have a, a clear revenue driven outcome to it. Yep. So nothing that we sell, especially for that amount of money, yep. doesn't make you money back. You know, everything that we do is a revenue driven action. Everything that's and you hold their hand there, throughout the process. Jeremy okay. actually genuinely cares. Yeah, we, we, like, we want with a very high probability that the person who goes in there is going to come out the other side and make more than at least that investment to be clear. But you know, most people come out substantially ahead. Like yeah. we plenty, made plenty of success. We made way more than uh, you can imagine. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, Jeremy got us through our course yep. launches and everything guys. So yep. I mean, you know it's, it's all about how you look at it right like so to be clear like what like not to be a dick once again and sound pretentious but like why would i spend 
$59,000 on a watch. Why do you think? Because you, you, want, can? you want it? No, because it's holding value right now. This same watch is already oh, worth yeah. $72,000. Yeah. So I'm not <laughs> going to spend $59,000 and not expect to make a financial return from yeah. it, especially at that amount of money. So it's kind of like a safe. It's like a safe I get to wear and have the benefit of while I wear it, right? That's true. Same thing with info products. It's like no person should ever spend $5,000 if it doesn't have a clear financial return on investment from that cost, right? Exactly. So more of the story is, is like every single thing that I do, both in my agency, my education company, even in some of my econ products, believe it or not, they all have clear paths to make back a return on that investment. No, mm. Nobody should ever buy an info product that doesn't have a clear return on investment that once again, you are like sold very clear on and it's, and it's, you know, not uh, promised to a degree by the info product creator themselves. Very to important. get at that That's price nice. is incredible, guys. Um, so real quick. So, oh, before we get into the Q&A at the end, guys, get your questions in now. Literally, you have the opportunity to ask the best digital marketer in the fucking world questions. Uh, but, uh, Jeremy, before we go go over to that, um, with YouTube, what gets weight the most? Is it is it shares, likes, comments as far as the YouTube platform? Versus- Two things. Shares. And then the watch time. So watch I can just pay for a bunch of bots to go and share the hell out of a video. That didn't have a lot of weight if that share has a lot of watch time associated with it, Mm. much higher probability the share actually matters, okay? In addition to that, if I go in and I just watch a video and I don't do anything, I don't share it, I don't like it, I don't comment, that also has a lot of weight, even though I didn't do anything like like, dislike, share, comment, or anything. Um, So long story short, watch time, and shares and shares don't matter much unless they have watch time associated with the share. So literally texting the link, clicking that share button and sharing that link. It doesn't mean anything. You know, if somebody's sitting here watching this for like 10 seconds, they share it. Doesn't mean anything. Okay. You know, they might even share it to themselves just so they can go back and watch it later. It's like, does that have a lot of algorithm? Once again, if you're designing the algorithm, does that have a lot of weight in your eyes? If you're the designer? No, no, you're going to want watch time, yeah. especially for anything. video specific stuff like YouTube, where you want to keep them on, which watch time is going to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would you say that's the number one metric is watch time on YouTube? Well, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. what's the platform for? <laughs> you know, exactly. Watch, <laughs> watch, watch, watch your video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's the uh, what would you say for those that are wondering out there? Uh, what, what's the golden range of watch time? Well, ideally, as close to 100 percent as you can get. Like, well, I mean, for like minutes, I meant to say. Well, I, you know, to be clear, once again, minutes matter when watch time like in terms of how long somebody views it is high so like i could have like as an example go to your uh, go to your channel mm-hmm. everybody watching this go to their channel click on the videos tab go to the most popular ones you have a lot of youtube shorts that are the most popular why do you think that is very short it's it's short and, and what do you think the watch time is in terms of length oh i see some videos? of them at like 120 percent, which yeah. i don't even know what that means when it's it means, over it means they watch it once and then they watch 20% of it again. Uh, okay. So anything above 100% means they watched it more than once. Okay. Okay. So more of the story is that why do you think all those are your most popular videos and get the most reach and have the most views? Literally because it doesn't matter the length. It matters how many people watch them all the way through. Bam. Mm. Same thing on TikTok. Same thing on Instagram. Like all these platforms measure how long people watch it through. And ideally, if they watch it more than once, that has a lot of algorithmic weight as well. That's a good. I did not know that. I Especially thought on like TikTok. I thought like you know that seven to ten minute range was golden, but I did not know that it's more important. Look, I don't. I don't know what your subscriber count is on your clip on your clips channel. I know that you're at like just shy of five hundred thousand right now. While we clips talk. is like one thirty four k. Well, here's my bet. Okay, you can take me up on this in a year from now. My bet would be your clips channel overtakes this main channel where you do the long form videos for the sole intent of more people are going to watch those all the way through. There's a much higher probability that those are going to get recommended more in that little sidebar and on the homepage for people in comparison to the long form videos. Mm-hmm. So I, my bet is once again, one year from now, your clips channel is going to have more subscribers in comparison. It's going to make you more money in comparison to your main channel that has all these long form yeah, videos. I just, you know, it's amazing. I, I, I believe you. <laughs> I, I agree with you on yeah, that. Because it makes sense. Like when you understand how the algorithms work, it's like 
that's how it's going to pan out. I can see right now the watch, <laughs> the watch time on Eclipse channel is basically like closing in on the um, main channel. In terms yeah. of like length of time it was open for. So that's crazy. So that's something interesting to, to remember is that it's not necessarily the length of the watch time. It's what percentage of the, the video did they watch? Yeah, because if important. I put out a, a one-hour video and it's the best content ever, like, dude, sometimes I watch these like neuroscience, like psychology videos, and they're from these people who are extremely well-educated, who are articulating themselves great, like giving you world-class info. I'm watching it while I'm eating lunch. Like, I'm not going to watch the full thing. Does that person get a lot of viewership even though they have incredible information they're putting out there? No, unfortunately, no. If I sit there and I watch like a four minute video and I watch it all the way through and then I go on their channel and I watch another video because I still got time because I got half my meal left. Is that person going to get recommended more, have more reach, have more subscribers, have more monetization money that they're going to make? It's like, absolutely, because they understand how it works. It's not about the length of video. It's about how long you can get somebody to watch it for and and if they are going to rewatch it again. Bam. That's Bam. a big one. There you go, guys. Short and sweet. Uh, all right. So we'll read some of these. And guys, like the goddamn video, man. Ain't, guys, I'm telling you, we help you guys make money, get your business on point, get girls, get in shape. We help you guys with everything. Uh, Raz, five bucks. Opinions on affiliate marketing using Instagram influencers. Also, I'm interested in what you have to say about Amazon FBA as I'm all in as well. Yeah, dude. First of all, influencer marketing is the shit. I'm, I'm a huge fan of influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish there was a platform that I could refer you to that makes it really easy and like gets you in contact with different influencers and like helps you kind of broker deals. But there used to be one, but it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's gone now. They're all just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's gone now. I, I've, I, I'm aware that like TikTok doing that currently, they're helping broker deals between businesses and influencers in order to help make money on that. And they're going to get a cut, of course. Instagram's a little behind on that. They're supposedly supposed to be coming out with it soon. But yeah, huge fan. It's a little bit of a manual task though right now to like reach out to everybody and facilitate those deals. Um, there's a great uh, affiliate software called um, like Affiliate Pro, something like that. And long story short, you can pay for that. Get them all affiliate links. Right. You know, everybody loves getting paid. So if you both pay them for the posts or stories that they're going to promote, and then you go out and you also give them an affiliate link to make money, that's one way to do it. I do, I do, I do influencer marketing a little so bit. So click our goddamn link, guys. No, so, so, so listen to this. So like, with influencer marketing that I do, what I'll do is most people don't know the value of these things that I'm about to describe. So let's say I reach out to you, Myron, and I'm like, hey, Myron, um, I would love to pay to promote some of my ads to your audience. I don't want you to post about it. I don't want you to put it on your story. I literally just want to walk you through going into the business manager, sharing over an audience that I can target for 24 hours. How much will you charge me for that? Do you even have a number in your head? Hmm. No, not right now. Because you have no idea what I'm even saying. Yeah. It's like most influence, especially regular yeah. influence. Like, yeah. they, they're like, they're like, what? What do you want to do? And if they give me too high of a number, I'll be like, all right, how about instead of 24 hours, how about how about just like three hours? And then naturally they'll lower the number substantially because they have no idea what they're putting a value on. And what I'll do is I'll get their audience, they'll share it into my ad account, and then I'll do this thing called creating a lookalike audience from it, which takes all those people, <laughs> yeah. finds you know the 1% of the entire population for whatever country you create it for. So in the United States, it creates about 2.3 million people. Now remember those 52,000 data points that Facebook and Instagram has. Yeah. They'll find people who algorithmically, from a data point perspective, have the most similar characteristics to the people who in that audience. And then they'll allow me to target that. So then I'll tell that influencer, I'll be like, all right, man, you can revoke the audience now. Like, it's all good. They'll take out the audience. I'll, I'll probably pay them like, you know, up, up maybe a couple hundred bucks max in most instances, right? I feel like I'm getting whacked if it's above $500. Yeah. And then I got to look like audience I can now target for the rest of my life that I have access to ongoing. And I'm paying a couple hundred dollars for that. Most people never do that with, with influencer marketing. You know, they, they think of influencer marketing as like, I'm going to pay somebody to give them a shout out. Yeah. That's cool. And like, it makes money, but you know, dealing with those people, especially the regular ones, it's just, it's just a hassle. It's like right. doing this, you're truly getting over. And you know, on top of that, like they just don't know how to value it. So 
yeah, it's just, it's just an open field right now of opportunity, in my opinion, doing that instead of the other way that people think about Man. it. Hi, yeah, hi, Amazon FBA is sweet. Yeah. Uh, we got um, Elliot Rave review. Hey, how can we get a hold of you, Jeremy? We have a physical gold company and our average order is 50K <laughs> currently. We're looking for a JV partner like yourself to scale it up from a digital marketing standpoint. Yeah, first of all, sweet offer. Um, that sounds cool. Not sure what your margin is on it, but yeah, just hit me up on Instagram. It's, uh, my it's name. at Jeremy, guys. Yeah, it's just at Jeremy is my Instagram name. And then uh, you can also link shoot below. me an email. I linked it below for y'all. Yeah, you can shoot me an email too. It's just uh, CEO at jeremy.expert and... Yeah, just shoot me the details on it, man. We can talk. Cool. Yeah. His Instagram <laughs> is below, guys. And guys, uh, we got to show the girls after this too as well. And Andrew Tate's going to be tomorrow with the girls. Uh, Andrew Tate will be tomorrow with the girls, just so you know. All right. Andrew Tate, man, what a guy. So we got y'all with everything, bro. Kevin Fu, which uh, works best? <laughs> or having a funnel sales page or having a team of closers on call to speak to the potential customers? Uh, both, man. Look, it depends on the price point of the offer. Anything above about a $2,500 cost, I encourage getting them on the phone with a closer. Bam. Um, yeah. You know, to be clear, like if you guys buy my offer that I brought up, it's like you're going to talk to a closer. I'm going to let you buy it online. Like we want to make sure that it's good for you. We want to feel out if it's an actual opportunity you can take advantage of. We don't want the wrong people to buy it. And then on top of that, there's a high probability you'll buy if you talk to somebody on the phone. That way we can sell you on why it matters for you. Bam. All right, cool. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's super transparent. It, Jeremy with the super transparency with y'all, man. Like, like, I'm, not, yo, I'm not trying to hide anything, you know? Yeah. Like, transparent, ethical guy. <laughs> any tips for running ads for a clothing brand is specifically on instagram and tiktok uh yeah first of all hopefully you're getting a lot of organic reach and actually following tiktok trends if you use the uh, trending sounds if you keep your videos short so there's a high probability that people will re-watch it again that matters a lot on tiktok um but what dude, should they keep it on there jeremy in your opinion well to be clear it's like i've seen videos that are as short as like seven seconds that you can re-watch like four or five times just to comprehend yeah, what even happened in the video <laughs> But like those get really good reach because same metric is what I talked about on YouTube for why your shorts, shorts are so popular is because people rewatch it again and again and again. Those are the best ones, man. So so anyway, there's a length of time on TikTok. I'm not I'm not exactly aware of what it is right now. Where you know how you have that little tracking bar at the bottom now yes. on TikTok where you can like scrub the you, you want it to be shorter than that. That way they can't scrub it. So if they watch something in the video and they want to see it again, I think it's under 20 seconds if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so if that's, Unless they if change that's it. the length of time, that's the length of time you want to be I under because under you don't want them to be able to scrub. Because if they see something that they want to rewatch, they have to watch it again to be able to see it. And that algorithmically is going to get you a lot more reach. In addition to that, dude, on businesses, uh, business TikTok uh, accounts, being transparent, like just being honest, like, look, I'm a small business. You know, I'm just trying to get off the ground. That Those videos crush it. Like there's specific sounds that exist that you can use on TikTok to make videos with and like show whatever your product is that are something along the lines of like, yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a new small business. I'm trying to get my business off the ground. Like, you know, you liking this video or sharing it or like buying something from us makes a huge difference. People love supporting those kinds of businesses. So that stuff works really well too. Just remember, keep it short. Try to get it looped. Play into trending sounds, um, you know, including those ones that I just mentioned where people are directly influenced to buy and purchase. And also like what you see Myron and Walter here do, make clear call to actions to get people to take the action that you want, either buying something, liking, following, et cetera. Um, TikTok's a monster of a platform right now, though. Don't be don't be lackadaisical on that one. Like I'd put a lot of attention into it right now if you're sitting here listening. To yeah, this. I'm sad. All right. Yeah, I'm sad That's that okay. we got. I, I ignored it at first too because I was under. I, I got I got Take influenced, us off, man. I think we're banned. no, no, no. I, I I got influenced by that China shit where it's like, oh, you know, it's just a freaking software on your phone. It's like scanning everything you do. It's mm-hmm. like I didn't use it a lot at first, and then, long story short, I still get great viewership on it and all that fun stuff. But yeah, I, 
I missed out on that initial boat of all that organic yeah. viewership from be, just being on the wrong. We were going crazy on there when we first had dude, it, dude. And there's not we just little kids like dancing, days, dude. Yeah. You, you know what's great? There's not a lot of little kids on there just dancing and all that crazy shit that people think about it too. Like we have clients that sell five thousand, twenty thousand, you know, thirty thousand dollar info products in there all day. You know, it's funny. Literally doing multiple. Millions I found out that month. TikTok just only shows you what you want to see. So, yeah. for example, if you watch <laughs> cooking videos, that's all they're going to show you. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you can cater to audience that does that, but we need to get back on there. I don't know how, but all right. Well, I mean, you guys could probably create a secondary channel, uh, and you could try again. We and did. It, well, in we, addition we made to that, like five, dude. I think our faces are like banned from it. Well, you, you need to you need to get connected with people who are like I said. Let me we let me, let me after afterwards. I'll introduce you guys to that Tom guy that I was telling you about. That okay. it also he got taken down by the socialist people I was yeah. telling you about. He has a few different connects that you might be able to pay off and get your accounts back. There you there go. You go. <laughs> Bam. We, dude, we hit 100k in like five days, yeah. dude. The videos got millions of views, but obviously the type of stuff we talk about punishing bad behavior, like oh my god. Depends on who reviews the account that you're paying off. You know, like yeah. if, if you get somebody who has the views against whatever you posted about, you're gonna have a bad time. But if you, you know, you, once again, you pay a certain amount of money, you're gonna get it back. That's true. <laughs> That's true. The Savvy BG Show, ten bucks. I started a video marketing company one year ago. Just hit my first 100k month without ads. Uh, lead nice, generate reps. Uh, what should we start with LinkedIn, FB, or YouTube? Or all love you, fresh and fit. Uh, I think we answered that earlier. Yeah, earlier. With, with everything. Yeah, do all of them. Uh, all of them, dude, guys. Roland Jones, looking to start an agency that specializes in TikTok slash Snap ads. Any advice for somebody who works a nine to five is smart to outsource a salesman? Yeah, so kind of like what we talked about at the beginning. Um, but to answer the second part of your question first, dude, like you're not going to be able to get a commission only salesperson who's going to work with you starting off because you don't have a proven process. You got to prove the process first. And you got to kind of sacrifice whatever you're doing outside of the nine to five. So as an example, you're probably not going to wake up every day and just immediately start video pitching businesses. But that'd be smart to do if you can wake up earlier and spend that time. After that 5 p.m. time when you're actually back at home, it's a sacrificial period of time. The more action that you can take in less time, the higher the probability is that you're going to get a result in less time. If you spend, let's say, from 5.30 when you get home all the way until like 9.30 or 10 when you go to bed for at least 30 to 60 days, just straight up pitching the hell out of businesses every single day, and just doing it for 30 to 60 days. You might think short-term it kind of sucks, but in reality, what you just did is you took six months or a year of a person who's only going to spend an hour or two doing it a day down to maybe a month or two for your probability to have a result exist. So once again, more time, I'm sorry, more action and less time is like time traveling. Um, not a lot of people that once again are going to be willing to go through that sacrificial period. Guys, Hyper Ballad time chamber yeah. status. Also, hey rewatch this video. <laughs> it's real shit. It's so many gems here, man. So yeah, many gems man. here. Perfect. <laughs> uh, Best advice to promote photography? Uh, same thing as a uh, barbershop. Yeah, oh, thing. yeah. Same uh, thing. Same yeah. Thing. yeah uh, and thank you so much for that feeling focus. Uh, Fendi, too cold. How do I go about looking for marketers for my father's construction business? Also, thank you, Fresh and Fit, for the continuous knowledge. Yeah, communities for sure. Uh, a great community of Facebook, Facebook advertisers. Facebook yeah, so Facebook groups. There's yeah. one called Ad Leaks. Uh, my buddy, uh, well, actually, a bunch of my advertising friends run it. It's, it's full of, like, really legit advertisers. So I'm a big fan of them. Um but yeah, I mean, get get a part of a community. Cool. And last, last one here, Cameron Food, ten bucks. Why do you want to target a lookalike audience from their audience? What's the difference between just regular <laughs> yeah. advertising without them? <laughs> well, so to be clear, let's say that their audience is a million people of you know people that I potentially want to sell products to. If I get a lookalike audience from those million people, just remember, it's finding people who are most similar out of a one percent population of whatever country I do that in. So for the United States, three hundred something million people. I'm going to get 2.3 million people. That's 1% of the entire country's population based on those initial million people that are the most similar from a data point perspective that I get to target for however long I want. So I don't have the person's 
uh, ad, advertising access after that time, they're, they're going to take the audience away after like whatever amount of time I've agreed upon. So if I pay that influence, let's say for 24 hours access mm-hmm. to a million person audience, they're going to take it away after 24 hours. The lookalike audience I get access to for literally however long I want, you know, Bam, I can yeah. delete it whenever I'd like. But it's also literally pretty much the same exact people that are in the million person audience in the first place because they're from a 52,000 data point perspective, the most similar human beings to those people that were in the initial million. So I have a very high probability of saying that those people are the most similar to that initial million in the first place. Bam. And I get access to it for however long I want. <laughs> Bing bong. All right. Man. And then the last <laughs> thing, <laughs> the last thing uh, uh, Jeremy, uh, copywriting. What are your thoughts on it? Do you need to hire one? Yeah, yeah. Do it well, yourself? Okay. So first of all, if you absolutely suck at copywriting, uh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm we should define get... what copywriting is first, right? Copywriting are all those written words you see on the internet. So yeah. like Bam. headlines, they sell you, son. you know, Facebook ad copy, whatever. So first of all, if you absolutely suck at copywriting, there was a really cool company called OpenAI, which was partially funded by Elon Musk. They came out with this crazy shit called GPT-3, okay? Mm-hmm. Not to get super technical on artificial intelligence, but long story short, this was trained on the entirety of the internet, okay? Okay. Now, GPT-3 is like a technology that other companies get to use for specific use cases. So in terms of copywriting, there's a company called uh, copy.ai. There's a company called conversion.ai that recently was renamed to Mm jarvis.ai. These are just two examples out of many where you get to go in and you get to type in what you want copy written about. So it'll prompt you with questions (laughs) like, uh, what's your business about? Um, What is it you're trying to sell? And just with very minimal input, I'm talking like a tweet sized input. It'll write you copy for whatever it is that you want the outcome for. So it'll write you copy for like Facebook ads. It'll write you copy for landing pages. It'll write you copy for literally whatever output you're looking for. And it's pretty good. And it at least gets you to the point where you have decent copy that's written by an AI that you can then kind of tweak and like make Mm. into whatever you'd like. And it gives you multiple options, not just like one output. Most of those tools I just described will give you like, you know, three to five different outputs that you can work with and kind of like tweak into whatever you'd like. There's also a really cool tool that uses GPT-3 called um, Headlime, like like the like the fruit L-I-M. And Headlime, dude, they build landing pages using that tool from like just basically putting in a sentence worth of You're words. You're better off doing it yourself doing. than hiring somebody, man. Well, yeah, to be clear, like expensive. Well, so that's what software and technology does. It kind of like takes people out of the out of the workforce to a degree. But anyway, moral of the story, it's like, yeah, you don't need to hire a copywriter nowadays. You need to use one of those tools if you're new to the game and kind of work with that copy instead. It's much easier in comparison Taylor, to edit it, copy make it from the ground up. It's like, you know, it took me without exaggerating, probably like a good three, four years of writing copy to like get to the point where I can write copy just right off the top of my head now for almost anything. And it'll be great. Uh, those tools came along. They're not up to the point yet where they replace me in being able to write copy. But I'm telling you, man, they're, they're pretty damn close depending on how good of an input you put into it in the first place. And last crazy thing, because I forgot to ask this, Twitter, thoughts on it. Yeah, dude, Twitter, I, look, I, use, I use Twitter mainly for crypto stuff nowadays. I don't participate in Twitter for much of much of advertising or like doing anything yeah. like that. I, I'm going to be honest. I think Twitter eventually is just going to be a giant freaking crypto sphere of people talking about just you know, money-making investments. I, I have very little outside of, of that specific echo chamber I participate in. Am I aware of how Twitter makes money? Yeah. But I'll tell you, I made a lot of money from Twitter from following all these crypto people. You know, I've, I've made a substantial amount off of that. Uh, it's go. been a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, where can they find you, brother? Yeah, I, look, I'm the most active on Instagram. It's just my name, at Jeremy. Uh, what's no one else has name's that one. Jeremy Haynes. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good backstory there, yeah. too, on how I got that. Uh, anyway, moral of the story, 
Uh, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, you, that, that's where I'm most common. You guys want to DM me? Shoot me a DM on there. That's yeah. why I actually respond to you. I take that's, how I met, that's how I linked up with you. I, I DM yeah, man. You. I mean, look, Instagram DMs. You can catch me there all day. You can shoot me any questions you got. I'll happily answer them. Uh, you know, just give me a follow. I post uh, the reels on there. I post TikToks nowadays. My, my TikToks. I'm a marketer. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just holding it down. You know. Yeah, guys. Check, uh, his two. Uh, his li- Instagram link is below, guys. Also, his website. And I put the links for the courses. You could get two for one, man. Forty five hundred bucks with the the fresh and fit discount. We got y'all. You can only get that price through us. Cyber Monday. So Cyber Monday. <laughs> if you got gems here, I imagine what's inside the course. Yeah, this this is Crazy, just surface bro. level stuff. This Crazy. is just guys. This is not the deep stuff. This isn't the Venus flytrap. This isn't any of the other like really advanced. <laughs> two stuff. hours of gems, bro. Yeah, we ain't gonna get this anywhere else. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, we went two hours, bro. <laughs> Time flies, man. Yeah, right, guys, we gonna show girls right now. We're actually here, uh, so we're gonna do that and then entertain yeah. tomorrow with some more girls. So there you go. So uh, yeah, guys, you. thank you so much. Give Jeremy a follow. Go check Appreciate him out. Appreciate you guys having Hire this on, guy, man. man. Thank you so yeah. much, Jeremy, for coming by, bro. Absolutely, bro. It's always great guys, to have man. you. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll catch you guys here in about. Uh, we'll get going in about 30, 40 minutes with the lovely ladies. We'll catch you guys. Like the goddamn video on your way out and comment Stuff below the channel too. for the algorithm. You just saw what happened here. Comment below for the algorithm. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> Jeremy said so. And I'll make sure to pin whoever writes it first. So thank you guys. Timestamps will be up soon. Peace. Peace.